Oh man, so it was not a pile of shit. So that would be correct. <laughs> Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Bolin. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are coloring outside the lines today, doing a mag app on Atarian Video Game Magazine issue numero uno, which is what I speculate was a short-lived attempt by Atari to counter Nintendo's in-house mag after going through this. And I've decided to call this mag app offshoot our random rag series after in our group chat we we were going through a number of ip infringing ideas as a group <laughs> that, that that danced around the scholastic book fair but uh I, I, yeah random rag is simple enough and uh you know we'll do these from time to time where we just pick a mag out of the ether and 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 flip through it even if it doesn't really line up with what we're trying to do on the main narrative the main quest line of this podcast you it's can a find yeah, so you can find the issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop a link in the show notes, as I always do. Please rate and review the podcast if you could. It makes us feel great about ourselves. We'll read it on the pod uh, if, if uh, we're entertained by it, I guess, or it makes us feel good. <laughs> and what are we jamming on now? What are you jamming on now, Jay? How much do you have to say before I talk about Subnautica for like three hours? <laughs> Ah, uh, well, I will I will yield the, the balance of my time after a few short comments. Uh, <laughs> just playing some Outriders. I finally got a full set of this set, Lava Lich. So I'm finally, like, either leading my team in damage or second on the team in damage. I'm able to, like, do these expeditions, so it's really fun. Um, but outside of that, man, I started playing yesterday this game called Knockout City. Have, have you heard of it? Have you seen the, the ads for it? Oh, man. So it's like a game. They call it a, yeah, they call it a dodge brawl. So it's kind of like open world dodgeball. And <laughs> it is like and it's like teams of three. And I think you can even do like one on one special things if you want to do it. But like so me and Zion played, you know, with a random person and against three other random people. It was so much fun, man. Like by the end, we won like our last match 10 to zero because you're just like you're playing dodgeball. It's the same deal where Somebody throws a ball, you catch it, you get to like throw it back at them. And each what are, person has like two hits before what you are get the, defeated. What is the like the mechanic of it? Because like, you know, the thing, obviously, dodgeball is an, right. an incredibly simplistic game. Uh, so like what how do you like what is the mechanic of the catching and the throwing with the controller? You know what I mean? Like how how does it keep you engaged? Like what is the challenge? So you're able to do you're able to do like dashes and you can able like you can even dash into people and kind of like like shoulder slam them kind of like you're playing football full and context. so full context, yeah it's like well. it's like full contact so you can do that and uh so yeah if someone throws a ball at you you just hold like left trigger to catch the ball and if you time it right you get to catch it and just try to beam back at them and all, obviously like as a team you're able to team up and like if you catch a ball if you have a ball and someone throws another one at you you can't catch it with one hand, so you're automatically you're fucked right then. You can't, so use, like, the ball, you can't use the ball to. No, you cannot do that. that oh, that sucks, man. 
Do that's it. like no, a key. That's like, a key part of dodgeball no, no, strategy. No. There's, like, <laughs> there's like special moves you can do where you can do like a double jump and like pull out a glider. Like if you're playing Fortnite or something, like a glider or something like that. Um, and like there's just like little things in there, kind of like your a la NBA Jam that are kind of like power up special balls and things. It's like heat seeking. There's like a heat seeking football, <laughs> which is amazing to just like beam somebody with. Like it's it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's like each each round, there's like three rounds, best two out of three. You got to get 10 points. And each time you like hit somebody twice, that's a point. So it's it sounds simplistic, but when you play it, it's kind of like you're it's kind of like if you were to take a game like Splatoon 2. Have you ever played that on Switch? Um, kind of like a Splatoon 2 slash Fortnite type of thing, but just three on three, like or and maybe throwing a little Overwatch. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, it's nice to have a game that's not like actually shooting people because I feel like all my games lately I've been like shooting people in the face and explode, you, you, <laughs> exploding. You do, you do a lot of shooting people in your video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that plus like Mortal Kombat 11. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm still ripping people apart. It's it's a blast to play that. So yeah, this it, this is a nice wholesome break. <laughs> yeah. Dodge raw. Not uh, non non lethal combat. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely fun. It's it's far more fun than I expected. Like even even like the concept, like talking about it, doesn't really do it justice. Because like Zion and I were both like, yeah, we we're like, eh, we'll try. It. You know, it, it seems all right. Whatever, we'll check it out. It just hooks you. Like it's just far more fun. Like it's it's one of the things you got to try. Jay, I, you got to try. try you should try Subnautica. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing is getting past Subnautica. So, uh, Subnautica. What, what is like, happening there? I'll tell you what, like, so, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, bro, you know, it's just, it's just so much Subnautica. It's 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 dynamite, dude. It's like, I, you know, Jab was claiming he heard negative shit. And I know Jab's a cunt in general, but, like, I don't know how the hell you could be a fan of the first game mm-hmm. and not be absolutely batshit pleased with Sub-Zero. I just don't, I, I, wow. I cannot even, like, I don't even know where the foothold is to build an argument of anything negative to say about it you know like i like i I would maybe concede that it's not quite as terrifying at all times like at least my you know i I, I can't speak for everyone but i'm not as i I don't spend every second of the game terrified of death and loss of resources and like you know what's around the corner the way i was in the first Simply probably because of my familiarity with the systems of the game and just kind of the the biology of the world. You're on the same planet, you know? So, I mean, it, there is, you know, an entirely new array of wildlife. And, you know, a, a, a t- the, the biomes are totally different. And, like, you know, you have no idea where anything is, of course. It's completely new, everything, for the most part. I mean, some overlap, but a, a lot of new stuff. And... Yeah, I guess it's just because, like, you know, I, I, you know, I've kind of done this a little bit, you know. So it, it it's, it's not as maybe, you know, it, I, I've lost a little bit of that feeling. But I mean, it's everything about it. It's, it's the, it's a perfect blend of new and old. They switch up a lot of, like, I mean, I mentioned there's, there's changes. Like, there's, it's same but different. You know, they, they have like the type of biome that would have a certain resource in the first game might be, you know, it, it, it like. It, that stuff gets switched up a little bit, but even within the confines of that, it's done with a believable underlying geological 
scientific justification for it. You know what I mean? Like if it's even if it's a different area, I can look at it and go, okay, yes, that's different, but I can see why I understand why that could be the case. You know, so it's not just arbitrary changes. Like as with everything in this game, everything is like intelligent, <laughs> intelligent design. You know what I mean? It's just ah, uh, so fucking good. And nice. and I yeah, and I would say even there's a bigger focus. You know, you can see. At least I feel like I can see this is, you know, I don't have I haven't spoken to the developers, but I need to, <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I can see where they, I assume, gather data, like player feedback stuff over time. And, you know, and like that's a I don't see this in every game. So I guess that's worth mentioning. And this was in the first one, too. You know, when you start the game, a little bubble pops up and says, Send us feedback if something fucks up, if something good, bad, whatever. Like, please tell us, you know. So they're like, just the fact that that's there, to me, suggests they are very user feedback driven, much more so than I think most developers don't give a, you know, here's the game, fuck you, good luck with it, asshole. <laughs> you know, so I can see where they looked at or, or, or either like interpreted things that players really enjoyed or liked about the first one and then developed that aspect of the game further you know there's like the science stuff like the scanning like you could scan a bunch of stuff in the first one and not you know, not all of it was directly exploitable or had some sort of in-game direct benefit to you you know so i'm not saying this is entirely new but this time around there's just so much more of that there's so much stuff that it's just exploration you scan it there's information about its its biology how it interacts with the environment its role in the ecosystem little jokes and stuff there within the the, the confines of the game's humor that i fucking absolutely love so yeah i mean it's just it, it really plays up the scientific ass or the, the science aspect of the game and, and and that's really cool and the base building is off the fucking wall uh it was <laughs> off the wall it was off the wall in the first one they you know absolutely ran with it here and there's all sorts of new little things you can do that uh, allow you more flexibility and custom ability, uh, customization ability with with that base building. Because as much fun as it was in the first one, there are there were some limitations that would be that would that were kind of frustrating, you know. And then they fixed a lot of that little dumb stuff, uh, you know, like the there's a there's a the rooms like the main hub rooms that the multi-purpose room where you can kind of turn it into different types, you know, like I have one, I have one that's my lab. I have one that's my bedroom. I have one that's uh, just like a, a fucking hallway hub thing where that's like a whatever, but you can, the the first one you couldn't, you always had to have a roof, basically a, a metal roof. And this one, you can install a glass see-through dome on them. So, you know, like my bedroom is at the top of this crazy ass fucking base. I told you guys, I've like, I've moved out of my little kitty starter thing that just was like get my foothold and like you know get get established in this world base and i like deconstructed that and moved down into an area that like looks beautiful you know and like has all these coral bridges fucking snaking through it and stuff so my base is like built around those and through those you know uh so i have my bedroom up at the top of this fucking compound <laughs> and and that you know, and you install a fucking dome at the top of it, so I can look up 
at you know see basically the surface of the water which is always the lighting is always changing and stuff up there and then even on top of that this is super nuanced but there's the there's a there's a technology called grab traps and this was in the first one and it's essentially just a it's a little mechanical ball that has some sort of like tractor beam technology that auto hooks on to fish so the idea is it 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 basically herds fish for you which is particularly useful in the early going when you don't have a ton of mobility and you need to eat these things. Like as you develop in the game, you you, know, you can kind of wean off having to catch fish and shit to survive for sustenance. But early in game, it's you don't have mobility. You can't stay underwater for long. You you know if you want to try to like really amass a bunch of like the bladder fish that you can turn into water easily without too much additional resources or the fish who that are high in whatever uh, fucking nutritional value that are good to eat like you it, it'll pull them together and you can just pretty much just snatch them much much more easily so i like i you know i don't need to use that to catch fish anymore so i took the grab trap that i was using early game and put it on top of the dome of my bedroom so now there's like these energy it looks like one of those those spencer gifts balls that you put your hands on and the electric things touch your yeah. fingertips and stuff, you know, it makes your hair stand up. <laughs> One of those static electricity machines, that's what it looks like on top of my dome now. So like, and then like there's fit, you know, and fish are at the ends of the, the things now. So it's just like, you know, just the, the level of customability <laughs> and shit you can do is, is really fucking fun. And I'm making, like, I'm, I think I'm at like 26 or 27 hours in now, I believe it said when I looked last night and, you know, uh, I'm getting, I, pretty far into the story i think i mean i don't you know there's no way to know it doesn't give you a percentage thankfully but I, i've gotten quite a bit of i've hit a lot of story beats now and the story in this one is completely different and you know i mean there are like trace references that you'll pick up to the first game story world and storyline but they're mostly just like what i would call corporate dystopia dystopia jokes you know that are that are just kind of making fun of the company that was behind a big part of the story in the first one. This this narrative is a completely different thing that doesn't really fuck around with that at all. But there are like these, you know, it's it's a fine line between being referential in sequels and being mm. over, overly so, you know. And I think they're as with everything, you're just walking the line perfectly of just like little occasional nods to it that are funny, you know, but not like they're 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 well uh craft they're, they're they're well placed within the story world where it doesn't feel contrived to gotcha. like, like they're pushing that content on you know and it's just it's just a fucking amazing how well they balance so uh, so many things in this game it's fucking incredible so nice and i can't fight it's just so i don't even know how to, it's so good dude i just can't believe how good of a game it is and like you know like i have no idea what percentage map but like Every time I make a, I take a step, I go through this whole emotional thing where, like, I'm happy to be taking that step, but in turn sad because that's one step closer to not it being over, you know? <laughs> like, it's just, it's so fucking good. Ah. There, it, it is the best video game. I just, I can't, it's so fucking good, dude. It is so fucking good. I cannot believe that you haven't played it. <laughs> That is absolutely why I can never play this game because my family would just be like, "What happened to you? Like, where did you go? 
like daddy we need to like you got to spend time with us I, I can't even get i can't do that i can't do that. oh dude the, the, I, I games like this like the dog, games <laughs> the dog sits and watches the screen dude it's so beautiful like they they would they would just sit and watch and like ask questions about it dude it's fucking fascinating because it's it's so beautiful dude and like I said, it's a com- like everything is just completely neat. like so. Just dumbass random example. It's like I just got down into this fucking cave area, uh, made some discoveries, yada yada yada. There was some new wildlife down there, and I have you know you have fish tanks in your base. So whenever I find something that looks cool, I'll, I'll grab them and populate uh, populate my fish tanks at the base with them. You know, a, a couple of them, and I found these little glow grub things that crawl on the cave walls uh, in a certain biome and they glow in the dark and like they're like neon green you know and i fucking i pulled the one and took it back with me and for some reason i couldn't put it in the tank i don't know why it just wouldn't let me do it so uh, for whatever reason you can't keep those captive and so i have to take it outside and just let it go i don't just I don't destroy them or, you know, I could have like throw them, I could have like threw it in my bioreactor and just like turned it, turned it into power or something. But I, any, like even like there was another fish I caught in the same trip and it was red and it looks pretty cool. The first red fish I found. Uh, so I like took it back and the one tank was full. So I had to take a fish out and I took some basic fish fish out to put that one in. And so even that, like I took it outside, catch and release. Like I'll, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I always let them go if I don't, if I'm not going to fucking keep them in the tank. Whatever. <laughs> so I do that with the with the little glowworm, and like the I come out the door of my this one hatch of my base down near the bottom, and it's pretty close to a rock wall. And when I let it go, it immediately swam to the wall and started crawling on the wall. Like that is its native behavior. You know what I mean? It didn't just fucking float around. It didn't like just do some random thing. It has a programmed behavioral pattern that is logically in line with its purpose in the fucking ecosystem. And I don't know, it just little <laughs> shit. That, that attention to detail is fucking unreal, man. It's fucking unreal. It's so fucking good. All the fish have that, like some sort of, you know, I, I think I remember telling you about the, the one fish in the first one that would take your stuff there's actually, yeah, there's there's a fucking one called sea monkeys, even, and this one's even spoiler, because you, you find these super early on. They're called sea monkeys in this one, which are new, and that's just fun that they have something called sea monkeys. But they're like, you know, you can you can tell they have something to do cool in the story. They, like, early on, they come up, maybe that's spoiler, but they do something early on, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's kind of annoying. And then later on, as you, I don't know, kind of align yourself more with this alien world maybe a vague way to put it that's not spoilery, their behavior towards you changes because you now have what a, a, a different role in this ecosystem. So the way they treat you is completely different. And again, just like that change in behavior that you can point at and go, I understand why that's happening. I don't get the whole picture yet, but I understand that I've made changes to where I'm at and what I mean here. And this thing is responding to me differently now. And like, I don't know, dude, man, like that's, I don't, there's no fucking video game like that. There's next level. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole, yeah. It's so fucking good, man. Oh, it's so fucking good. 
So nice. we can talk about that. We can talk about that for a few more hours here. But in the interest of me getting back to playing it, let's get into Atari in issue one here. <laughs> That was the title theme from Commando on the Atari 7800, a personal favorite of mine. Bringing us into this premiere issue, Josh. This is the premiere issue. Premier like, issue. It, it is. They have a, a little banner there that absolutely cements it, so there's no debating. This is the May-June of 1989 issue of Atari and Video Game Magazine. The cover price is $195 US dollar, $295 Canadian dollar. Canadian dollars... It, so you got half the price for a third of the content. Fair deal, Atari. Only <laughs> a little bit of uh, a turn back the clock from where we're at in our actual timeline. So so it shouldn't require us to put our minds too far removed from the context we're talking about Sega and Nintendo fronts on. And I thought that was good. You know, if we were dialing it back a few years, the way we think about this would have to be to be you know fair about it. Anyways, would be would require a little bit of. Effort, but shouldn't shouldn't require that. The so we have on the cover here a stock caped superhero illustration that uh, kind of reminds me. He reminds me of Totorino from the Adventures of Game Pro comic strip, very much so. You know, kind of the exact he same. He kind of similar yeah. vibes. Yeah, I can see that. Pretty much the exact same human being. He uh, <laughs> so he he has a like blonde hair, so on and so forth. So he has a, a laser pistol hanging off his belt there, and the holster for it looks homemade. His grandma was like, or he's like, he needs, told his told his grandma that he, he needed this costume, and she's like, I got you, honey, and she's like, just fucking went. <laughs> so yeah, so so he's holding and uh, he's got one arm up in the air, you know, uh, up up and away kind of deal, and he's holding a bunch of Atari consoles in his left hand, a twenty six hundred, an Atari XE. And I'm guessing one of those is a 7800. I, I actually, yep. I don't really even know. I don't even know what it looks like. I, it occurred to me when I was looking at this, I was like, I don't exactly know what a 7800. Like I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. You know what I mean? It's it's the round one. It's funny because I was thinking like, what does the XE look like? I I couldn't pick that out of a lineup. Like that's. Uh, I, I tell you, I randomly, I I, I, I and I, I you know we talked about this a little bit already, but like I didn't even know that's what it was until we started doing these magazines and it's come up a little bit and I had to do research. But like, yeah, my cousin had the XE and I got to dabble with it a little randomly growing up. So it, funny enough, I do have some exposure to that, but I didn't realize that's what I was playing at the time. It was just like some weird looking fucking system with the color. It's got crazy, <laughs> crazy colors. It's the, it's the crazy colored one with the big buttons on it and stuff, you know? So, man, it, Josh, I, I got to spin you a little yarn. Let, let me, let me, let me take you on a tail and tell you what, this is a very significant time in life for me. Like, <laughs> in our canonical ISOH timeline, we're in the Nintendo area at Super Mario 3. I may not have had my Nintendo yet, but I was about to. I definitely got one. It was fully Nintendo time. But here where we are, technically almost a year prior, this is all I had was an Atari 700. I played the 2600 with my mom, loved a bunch of 2600 games. But I got an Atari. So did you have both of them like sitting there? Yeah. Yeah. Side I, by side. Or, like how how was no, the no, no. How, how was the setup? The console setup. 
No, once we got the the seventy eight hundred, I stopped playing the twenty six hundred because it could play this the twenty six hundred cartridges. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was only like I remember getting a seventy eight hundred for like my birthday or something, and not a Nintendo because I that's just not what we could afford. So I had so I had some Atari seventy hundred games. I, I, I can't wait to like, see how excited you are about that letter. I can't wait to see how excited about that letter in there. That's this exact story, but. <laughs> It's, I'm telling you, this this is significant. I saw this. I had this freaking issue because I remember fanboying and being like, "Yeah, like Atari is good. Like that's right." Trying to feel yeah, good, yeah. myself feel good about it. Yeah, I I got this. I don't know if I got it like at a at like a Toys R Us or where I found it, but I definitely had this, and it got me more hyped about feeling good. I had an Atari. <laughs> We'll get it. So it works. Yeah. So that was that was their goal in creating this for sure. So it worked. You can't can't knock that it didn't work. I mean, okay. there was no. I mean, this does. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. This does not mean I was not still wanting an NES. That is. Let's <laughs> be straight. All right, right. Okay, yeah. So you know, I'd say with the cover here, like the way he's holding these things. Cannot be in line with Atari's recommended safe handling protocol for their products. Like, <laughs> it's like he's, he's very precariously balanced on his forearm, and he's clearly in flight at a high speed. Like, it just cannot be how they want their their hardware being handled. You know, it's not it would not be you know every every game you get or the system even will have those like. The, uh, on all these games, these games will have in the manual. They'll have that page that's like things not to do with your electronics like <clears throat> you should definitely put don't fly around with them balanced on your floor <laughs> for service like he's gonna he's like a bring you your like your weight he's like your waitress right now you know I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah it looks like yeah like me balancing 14 plates on my arm and fucking champs americana at, uh what the fuck was that what's that name <laughs> lincoln plaza what the hell was the name of that uh, area by lincoln uh, something wasn't it? no no it was the man i forgot yeah. It's been so long, but yes. The theater, the Johnny Rockets, the Bed Bath and Beyond. Polaris, <laughs> but not Polaris. Oh uh, yeah, Polaris was a mall. Now this was the thing that was right there by campus, over yeah. by the police station. In any event, we I I don't think we're going to have an Ohio geography lesson in this in this issue. So let's let's try to avoid exposing our fucking listeners to Ohio geography. <laughs> uh, anyways, so there a speech bubble of his reads. Follow me, Atarians. Our adventure has just begun. And some of the bullet points, uh, or bullet point action rather, on here we have in depth reviews on Impossible Mission, Summer Games, Tower Toppler, Crime Buster, Secret Quest, Double Dunk, Fight Night, Karateka. I, okay. yeah. So just seeing this, I already knew I was in for a treat by getting, <laughs> getting this because I've never heard of a single one of these games. So like I knew I was lies. Like, lies. Wait a minute. Come on now. Never, You've heard of never, Commando. You've never heard of Commando. That's not. No, I'm just talking about this first list. That's the funny thing. So I had that thought about this first list on the in-depth reviews, right? Oh, and okay. then, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get to the first looks list next here. And it's Commando, Rampage, Double Dragon, Akari War, Xenophobe, Roadrunner, Pete Rose Baseball. And I'd oddly heard of all of these, except, yeah. for, except for Pete Rose, you know, because they're all ports of big arcade games and stuff. So I think they are all ports of big arcade. Roadrunner was an original title. That's like that's that's known as like one of the last 2600 first party games, I believe. Even it's, so, they're all like games that are on the NES, you know, exactly. that you've likely played or heard of there. Right, exactly. yeah. right, right. See, I know it's just weird to me that 
the one list was all games I'd never heard of, and the other one was all games I was like viscerally familiar with. It was weird to me to to have that variance between the two. And the funny that I get, you know, the the Pete Rose baseball, like I saw that and I was like, you know, given what Pete Rose is most known for, despite a stellar Hall of Fame career, you know, the gambling scandal. I just thought it was so perfect that he had an Atari game. So I like I started thinking though, I was like, you know, like so- I mean yeah, it's already eighty nine. Like, when the fuck was that scandal? So I looked it, it was up. After. It was after. It had to be after. Dude, only by uh dude. So this so because they this, won the they won the, the series in ninety. The Reds did. With him? I don't think so. Not with him. Not with him playing, maybe. He because he, okay, so so this is mid-89. This 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 issue yeah. comes out. The MLB verdict of his ban came down in August of 89. And the allegations like ramped up for it in what I was able to find early 89. So it is starting to happen. Yeah, it is fucking hysterical to me that he has a licensed title coming out and being marketed in May. It is just so Atari. <laughs> just like a that means they probably had it ready to go. Like yeah, it was, we are not. We already something. paid the money. We already paid the money to Pete. There's no, zero. No. There's, yeah, there's zero chance we're fucking stopping this train. <laughs> it's just not happening. We are already hemorrhaging money. <laughs> I'm eating our lunch right now. Like what's happening? Like we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just thought that was fucking great. And then also mentioned is an interview with the man, the myth, the legend, the Atari legend, Nolan Bushnell, and a name me contest on page 15. So those are teasers for the mag or the issue. And you get into the thing. And the first thing on the inside of this bad boy is some hardcore Atari propaganda. And it's actually the yeah, the artwork that Jay has behind him right now. So it's labeled the Atari Advantage. And it's trying to get you to buy insane amounts of Atari shit <laughs> in, in exchange for paltry prizes in comparison to the spending requested. So what they're pitching here at the bottom in the copy is if you buy Atari game cartridges, uh, you are eligible to win valuable prizes. If you collect five games, you get a free Atari T-shirt. If you collect 10 games, you get a free Atari game cartridge. And probably important note about this that it is an unnamed cartridge and not referenced as any Atari game card. So they are probably determining what that cartridge is. And then collect 25 games, get an Atari 7800 game system for only $25, or get an Atari XE system or disk drive for only $50. So if you lowball Atari MSRP and say there, these are all, these games would be $30 a pop, that's $750 that you have to spend to get a twenty-five dollars seventy-eight hundred, and yeah, the so the the Atari the artwork rather is it's actually you know it's it's like it looks cool like I'd like it I would I like, like this and I think it's you know it even calls it I think it's this is probably a poster that they're re- referencing at the bottom here uh, I like it but with the exception of the Mario Brothers characters the Donkey Kong included it's all just like the most basic looking stuff you could imagine to be in a video game <laughs> you know like sorcerer. IndyCar, football player, baseball <laughs> player, hockey player, bear. <laughs> just like, you know, it's just, uh, but, but, but I, but I, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, it's just also just so Atari, as, man. As, as funny as that is, I think they're actual characters. So I was thinking that's Centipede. No doubt. I had no doubt that again, that's sent by everyone. 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That that was the one chick in my armor. That's why you didn't hear me say centipede because that is the <laughs> one. That is the one direct correlation that you would make. And, and centipede's I mean, actually a rose. That's right. Red baseball player. I'm gonna say that's a reds a reds uh, guy. Probably. Uh, yeah. And I mean this castle frog, here. I'm, I'm sure there's a game. I'm sure there's a game with this fucking castle and the and the the Robin Hood looking dude. I what is that fucking the. Oh, that you know what that shit on the right, the Egyptian shit. It's that flying game, the one that we. Oh, the fever. The yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I don't even know the name of it. I, it's in here. <laughs> saw on, we saw on Game Pro. I want to say it was Game Pro One. We talked about that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I have no doubt that they actually have correlation to their game library. It's just like if you were, if you didn't, if you were not viscerally aware of and, and and knowledgeable about their game library, and you were just a person looking at this poster, you would go. These are just random things. <laughs> that's exactly the differential. I was an Atari dude. That's all I had. So to me, I'm like, yeah, those are those games. And you're like, I didn't have that. What are these yeah. random dudes? Well, what the fuck is that Santa Claus bear, Jay? I have no idea. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know. Is that in Cubert? Like, I feel like it's one of those random games that I just. That's not Cubert. Not, not Cubert's way more creative looking, all their characters, than that. Cubert's fucking a great game and a, and a very. This is clearly uh, and I skip or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the dopest part of this is probably the line at the bottom that all you have to do is see your Atari reseller for details about this contest, and you can get your free 17 by 21 collector poster today. So like I said, I think nice. it's probably chances are it's this poster. So fucking yeah, man. And I think it's I think it's very important also to point out that. I like the or not pointed out, but to highlight, I like their verbiage here. Their 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 tactful verbiage of collect five games, collect ten games, collect twenty five games. Not mm. go out and buy our shit. Not buy five games. You have to. You're you're collecting. Like this is you're border. We're borderline doing you a favor to make these available to you to add to your collection. <laughs> you know. You so know it, it. It's like a double edged sword, though. Like I see that, and I I totally get that. But when I also look at this poster, like looking at the Mario's makes me sad because like it's clear that this is not Super Mario Brothers well, that no. you get on Nintendo. This well, is the whack version Mario. of Mario. <laughs> well, like well, it was the whack version back. Well, it was the whack version. Yeah, by, it was by eighty nine. Yeah. It was the whack version. But when that there, we were about to be Mario three times, so we were already in Mario Mario two. Like yeah, by by this point, this is the plain boring one. Nintendo has the cool. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. for sure, and I was very aware of that distinction. So seeing that makes me sad and viscerally, like that yeah. reaction still happens. I'm like, oh no, that one. You know, you know, we've never talked about it like this because we've never had this like deep of an Atari conversation. But I, I was also relatively late, not as quite as late as you with the get uh, hitting my uh, NES tier of my life. Like I want to say that was probably eighty nine ish. I think I want to maybe Christmas eighty nine. I got it. And I only, I never got, I never made the jump to 7,800. I had a 2,600 until then. So until, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, I was thinking it would be a little later, but I guess about when this was coming out, which makes it all the more funny that I don't, there's so many games in here that I have never heard of for Atari. And I had, dude, I had like, I had probably, I don't even know, fucking 40 something, 50 Atari 2600 games because, like, I had a bunch. Like, my my grandparents had a, an old school sixer, the, the wood panel one, that mm -hmm. was, I think, my mom's when she was younger. So, 
they had a bunch of games. So when we, you know, I would go down there and visit. I got into it super young. I liked them. I liked playing those games. So I, I imagine we ended up just bringing those. So there was already a library I kind of osmosed fucking uh, absorbed you know right from the jump and then you know they bought me my, my my parents bought me some games and then my uncle had a bunch as well he gave me from when he was young too so i like absorbed two you know complete children's libraries into mine and so i had a ton of fucking games and i still like never heard of you know all these so many of these games were, were not ones that i would ever heard of let alone own so Crazy. But anyway, my, my point is just that, like, I also spent a great deal of time longer than I wanted in the Atari era and not even the updated Atari era. I was I was <laughs> I was playing 2600 games up until then. So I can relate. I can relate. So their their, their table of contents comes next. And it, it's certainly no Nintendo Power table of contents. <laughs> it's mostly just text, save for a very, very poor miniature rendition of the cover art superhero up at the top there next to Nolan's interview. And there is also a there's a small black and white medieval court squire <laughs> illustration. And that, you know what it reminds me of, dude? It reminds me of the art style in the the very small Playboy magazine comics that are that, that are in the articles, part of the magazine that everyone prefers over the pictorials in Playboy. The, it reminds me of that art style, you know, like just obviously black and white, but just, I don't know, something that's like a penciling kind of, you know, there's not. Uh, it's so random. Of, like it's, it's like yeah. low effort. It seems like. Exactly. And that's how they, they have those for the headings on all the, like, I kind of like the, the font, I guess, you know, the font is kind of cool. That I mean, it's the same font that's on the cover for all the section headings. But yeah, those little illustrations are super, super bush league and budget. <laughs> but hey, he's he's announcing that it's the premiere issue again, so it's official. It's an official pronouncement from the Renaissance man. About that, and there is a welcome letter from the publishing team, and it's not signed by anyone in particular. But uh, I thought uh, I should probably read it to set the table for this magazine. So here we go. Welcome. This is the premier issue of Atarian, the new bi-monthly magazine for members of the Atarian Video Game Club and Atari power players like you, Jay. Atarian is written by top experts who want to share their expertise with you. In the review section, you'll find in-depth reviews of 10 great new games like Tower Toppler, while the preview section gives you the inside scoop about eight great new titles coming out soon. In playing strategy... The pros tell you how to get top scores on your favorite games, while Tips and Tricks is packed with hot playing tips from other readers. If you're not an Atari and Video Game Club member, use the form in this issue and go for it! Did you sign up? So you said you got this from a store. So did you get a subscription or no? No, no, definitely not. No, There's no there's no ongoing monthly yeah, like, yeah. financial obligations <laughs> happening at this time in my life. Financial <laughs> obligations a lot. <laughs> Sign up for anything in the future. We're playing it, playing it by ear on, on the Atari magazine front. <laughs> Pretty sure I was saving money at this point, like in the summertime, to try to get a Nintendo. Like, <laughs> work at every angle. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, mailbag is first up, and they are coming out swinging here. The first letter touts the headline: "Atari beats Nintendo." Oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> this whole mailbag. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this is... Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is basically what you describe. Maybe you should fucking get into this one. Derek Jacobs of Fort Worth, Texas here tells us that he asked for a Nintendo at Christmas, but his parents got him an Atari 7800 instead. 
So he's like describing like so so yeah so he goes on to say he's thrilled and amazed by how much better Atari games are than Nintendo ones and that the Atari controllers are much easier to use than the tiny Nintendo ones. So to me a few things are clear here. One, Derek's parents never loved him. That's why they got him an Atari instead of what he asked for. And poor Derek here has fabricated an entire <laughs> false reality where he's not suicidal about his gaming options. And he actually has friends that come over to his house to play his Atari. <laughs> like, he's like, it's all, there's just no way. There's just, it's just all bullshit. It's just like, you know. And like, it's so goofy. Like, sometimes we read these letters, especially these propaganda-fueled, seemingly propaganda-fueled ones, where you're right. like... No, the fucking the editor, editorial team wrote that letter. Like, no, the kid wrote this for sure. It's got a kid for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, like, I, like, I get it. Like, I've said it before. I got a 7800 when I wish I would have had a Nintendo. So, like, I understand even reading this magazine at the time and being like, yeah, I have a, an Atari. Like, it's cool. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. cool yeah. like, like but, you had, but even at the emotional base and you read this letter as a kid. That's incredible to me. But, but even <laughs> I still knew it's not better than Nintendo, though. Bro, come on. Like, that's you just took it a little too far. Like, maybe you have some friends who come over to play your Atari because they have nothing and you have an Atari. Yeah, I'd go over your house too. Yeah. But if it's they, a choice, if it's a choice, if you call, they're busy. <laughs> with the Nintendo calls and, and Derek calls, I'm going to Johnny's house. Like, I'm sorry. That's just what's happening, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking The fanboyishness happens. Like, I get it, but that's that's just not, not you. Come on, dude. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was good, and I also enjoy the last one from Cody Myers of Kaufman, Texas, where he's <laughs> he's telling Atari they could do a little better on the graphics with the 2600 games, and that he's designed a game of his own that they should probably take a look at. So, and like, you know, that's whatever, it's a kid, it's fun, who cares? Atari goes on like actually gets defensive. Like, they're, like, legitimately defensive. And response, pointing out that the graphics of Solaris and Super Football in the 2600 are spectacular. And, I mean, I, you know, Solaris is a game on the 2600 I have, and it was, like, a late one that came out in, like, 86, I want to say. So it is actually very good and looks great by Atari standards. So, I mean, I support this fucking that Solaris is great for the hardware, but spectacular is a stretch for one. And two, <laughs> like, how are you like legitimately getting defensive, you know, about it? You know, like, like, I don't know. The fact that they like felt the need to fucking correct him is just crazy to me. <laughs> it's like, it's funny to me, like this whole, just the whole mailbag. It's like, you start out with Atari beats Nintendo, Oh, the next one is great arcade conversion. Then, oh, Atari's out of stock. Like, oh my gosh! And then, you, you know, it's like this. trying to keep like create like news hyperbole. Like, you know, oh. like fucking, yeah, like the the public can't fucking get these things fast enough. You know, and it's funny because that's what the, the comic later on is very in that vein too. Like the comic, the 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 story of the comic is ex kind of exactly that. That's funny. I didn't make that connection either. That's hilarious. I mean, they had a clear, clear purpose with this whole magazine. I mean, we'll see the theme throughout, you know, yep. for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So the top 30 comes next, but it's divided up across the three systems. Oh, so, man. 
7600, the 7800, and the XE as top tens. So, th- I mean, the you know, this is it didn't click to me until this these lists, but it signaled to me that they must not even be talking about the 5200 anymore. Like, it's not even a fucking thing to Atari. You know what I mean? And like, it's released in '82, discontinued in '84. So this is not illogical at all that they made this choice. Uh-huh. But the 2600 was released in 77. And, you know, it's, of course, because people still magically were buying that thing that they are supporting it like they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, to me, it's, I don't know, like, why? I don't know. If you support the one, like, why not? I don't know. I guess because it's discontinued. So, yeah, there's there's no profit possibility with it. So why dedicate editorial resource to it is, is the explanation. But it's just weird to me that, you know, that the, the older one is still around. 5200 is not talked about here. Uh, yeah, that must have know. been... I, I definitely didn't look into it, but yeah, I, I do remember like seeing a 5200 once and that was pretty much it. Like somebody had one once, but it was almost like the 2600 was their most widely used console that everybody had. Something about the 5200 sucked and the 7800 was like an actual upgrade, you know, to where it was better than a 2600 where it's 5200. controllers, I believe, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, are like dumpster fires. The They have that joystick thing that the 7800 i believe also has but they they like they just like they, they have the they just die they don't like stay they don't stay centered they die they like die and just and yeah they're i guess they're pretty terrible but yeah i mean i remember it because i you know i had like one of my favorite things about my atari 2600 memories are i had a lot of the atari did a lot of the the catalog deals that came with games and stuff so they'd have like a full these full like illustrated cool catalog things maybe i'll actually i i can think of two of them offhand and i think they're pretty easy to find so maybe i'll, I'll dump those into the show notes if i can remember to do so because they're pretty cool to look at there was a green one i remember that had a bunch of their characters all over the cover and some of those things would have both 2600 and 5200 products in them so like i remember seeing the 5200 stuff as a kid and being aware of it but yeah, I hadn't. I mean, I knew no one. I didn't know anyone with a twenty six hundred either. I don't think. But I, <laughs> I definitely knew no one with a fifty two hundred. So I had. I never even got a chance to really try it and see if it was something that I would have wanted. You know what I mean? That's just weird to me because I feel like I never knew anything about the XE. But like the XE is apparently like an eight bit version. Like yeah. they're like you look at it, it looks like it's they were trying to be Nintendo. Yeah, it's one of their home computers, dude. Like, I mean, I, I I got a bit later about it, but I mean, it's it's basically it's just a rebranding. Yeah, you know, Atari had Atari was pretty successful with their their eight bit line of home computers in general, and, and and I mean, if you look, we'll get into kind of the product, oh, yeah, the, the packaging of the, the 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 XE and how it comes with a keyboard. It comes with a fucking uh, you can get a disk drive for it. It's a, it's a fucking computer. It's just they just made it look like a console as a rebranding, you know, and 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 to sell it. Uh, to people, I guess, who didn't think they could afford or had a utility for an actual computer, you know what I mean? Trying to basically rebrand it as a gaming machine because, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. A lot of the people who play the eight bit computers had were into gaming too, but the 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 console community was not as inclined towards home computing at the time, you know. So makes sense. That's my perception. So this 2600 list isn't my jam at all. <laughs> but yeah, what are be, they thinking, man? Right. Yeah, oh. it, make, it makes a lot of sense given I'm long into the 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 the. Well, yeah, see, I mean, that's a, yeah. I hadn't really thought about. it. I was thinking as I was looking at it, like I mean, I was already on the NES. I mean, I was barely in the NES though. So 
And maybe actually by mid-89, like I said, I guess maybe even not if I am right about Christmas, which I'm not entirely positive about. Maybe I got it for even my birthday would have been August. Like it had to be later in the year in 89 that I got it. So, yeah, it's weird to me that these games, I mean, you know, Miss Pac-Man and fucking Mario Brothers are like easily Pac-Man Jr. is there too. Pac-Man Jr. is awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the Donkey Kong Jr. too. So there's, you know, there's a lot of brand names in there but i mean atari 2600 has so many good games that are right like why is pole position one like there's no way to me like pole position two on the 7800 was a pack-in because and it was a it was a decent game there's no way you're going to tell me the original pole position is the number one (laughs) game like where is missile command i do it well regarded it's funny i actually did so i've never played it i had never played that game and that uh, Atari 2600 game by game podcast that I, I'll do audio submissions on Ferg's podcast every now and again. They did an, uh, an episode on pole position and it got me to download it and play it for the first time. And it is pretty good for an Atari 20, 2600 game. It's not nearly as fun. Like my whole shtick on the, on the thing I sent Ferg was that, Night Driver was way more fun. Like I love, even though it looks way more basic, it's just so much more fun. It's, you know, it's so fun. Yeah, with the paddles with and shit. With the paddle, and, yeah. And, uh, just so much fun. And the, and the perspective, the way that the way they executed that game to make it all about the mechanic. You know, that they kept the graphics and the gameplay so simple that with the with, with those, you know, essentially just lines coming at you from the perspective of the road, you know, like just really cool, well done thing and like tough to avoid those oncoming cars. It's re- really, really fun. I mean, we used to like, I remember we would, you know, me and like the, the handful of kids that I, I would come over, uh, mostly just friends of my parents that would come over and, and play Atari with me. Like, you know, we would, I remember just like turning the lights out and we would just intentionally wreck over and over and over again because when you wreck in that game it like it does the flash the color flash yeah (laughs) we call it like drunk driving or something which i can't believe we were joking about that at age fucking eight or something but like you know like we just like yeah we just wreck back and forth into shit constantly until the timer ran out you know just because even that was fun it was it was it it was such a a a cool and well-executed game so yeah that was my whole spiel but so yeah so that was my first exposure to it so it is a good game and based on listening to that episode was kind of where I was getting at here. Listening to that episode, pole position is pretty well regarded. It's, it seems like in the 2600 fan community, you know. But yeah, number one, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> to me, if your list doesn't include Missile Command or Space Invaders, like I can't, I can't even talk to you. Like in the 2600 era, and that you know, and that, and that makes you think, you know, they're trying to push product here more so mm-hmm. than. Actually, like, you know, how, wh- where do they, what's the data on this that? That's is, what I was wondering. Where did you get this from? Is this rated from just like retail sales, lifetime? Right. Like, yep. what is this? I don't understand. Yeah, not explained at all. But like the 7800 yeah, list is like Nintendo's. Is it? That was one of my biggest. I said it's not as transparently described as the the way the Nintendo list was. You know how it has the three different lists: the dealers, the players, and the and the pros kind of thing. And I didn't understand as a kid, but we worked out how how we think it works now. So, yeah, I mean that's that's it's they do a better job of explaining. So, but yeah, that was going to be my one of my questions. Absolutely, was whether or not you jived with this seven eight hundred list because I Dude. can't I can't speak to it. So I, I got some issues with the seven eight hundred list. First of all. 
why is Mario Brothers number one? Like at this point, again, we're in Mario two. We're seeing like the the distant hype about Mario three. At least I was. You know, if you're reading the trades, you can see that there's like this game. I love that you have the we there is like you and and this group of children that were bonded <laughs> bonded together by your misfortune. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Like you've seen ads for Mario Brothers. Like my whenever I went over to my cousin's house, they had a Nintendo already. I played Mario Brothers. I played Mario two. To play like this one screen 2D version of Mario, and you're gonna tell me that's the number one 7800 game. That is, that means you're inferior. Like, why are you, you selling go, me that? You can even go it's further. It's, it's a mini game. Yes, it's a within mini game Mar within Mario Three. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Come yeah. on now. Like, other than that, I mean, Miss Pac-Man is a great freaking game. Choplifter, definitely a top ten game. I jive with that. Uh, Tower Toppler, stupid. Karate Ka, it was fun, but freaking hard. Centipede, yeah, of course. So, like, Donkey Kong Jr. So, I get some of these. Obviously, I would throw in some different games. Like, to me, still Double Dragon for the 7800. <laughs> it was a solid game. Like, graphically, la later stage is really cool. But, yeah, generally, it's, it's an all right list. It's an all right okay. list. It's okay. Okay, okay. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, again, calling back to just kind of my familiarity with where we're at here with the Atari shit, I've never heard of these super sport line games. Like they have baseball and football on the list here. And it's super football is mentioned twice. It's part of that spectacular graphics letter from fucking the mailbag, you know? So I was like, what, you know, what are these? Like, like I, I assumed honestly that the reason I didn't know what the fuck it was or never heard of it was because it was soccer football, you know, like how could there be a dope <laughs> football game, American football game that I was not aware of. And, right. you know, cause like the, the, the there were the, like I, I did have so there was I don't know if you recall them or not but there was a a silver label real sports line of Atari twenty six hundred games they all had silver labels they were like the, they all had they had this real sports logo so they were all branded together and the I had the soccer one and the soccer game was actually dope but it was called football you know so like that was uh, my, my my logic there and then they also had the original line of games too just basketball and football that were like the early system releases the black label atari 2600 games you know so like okay. and there were there, and of that silver label label one there was an american football version too but it was fucking terrible and then that original black label atari football where you just had the three players that moved together was also terrible even though i played the shit out of her for some reason or another <laughs> uh like i don't know like, clearly not with the intent to win but something about it intrigued me and i remember putting it in and playing it way more than i probably should have uh, anyways, so yeah, I mean, I, I, this is one I was like, I gotta, I gotta know more, you know. So I, I downloaded it, fired it up, and fiddled with it, and, I mean, <laughs> the twenty six hundred like, one you're talking, yeah, about, right, yeah, Super Football for the twenty six hundred, yeah, that yeah. sucked. I did not like that one. Really? Anyway, so did, you, tell, played, tell me your you played it for this, or you remember it? I remember it. Yeah, I didn't uh, play it for this because I remember there's a different one that I played for seventy eight hundred that was better, but like the twenty six hundred one, I did not like. But yeah, you, I mean, you tell like, me what you thought. I mean, you know, it infinitely better than the other two for sure like it was you know it kind of like first of all had a a slightly angled almost behind the qb view like a modern madden yeah, game which like was kind of yeah which was kind of revolutionary compared to the other ones that are available and when th there was actually a kickoff which i mean there's a kickoff i guess in the other one too but you know th this actually kind of looked like a kickoff and like when it, when it kicked the ball off because of that angle of the camera, if that's what you want to call it, 
the ball kind of did this curvature thing that was way more real physics than I would have expected out of an Atari game, I guess, you know? So, like, there were little things that I noticed that were certainly above and beyond and better than the other football games on Atari 2600 that I played. Yeah. But, I, you know, I like... It's the five-on-five one, though, right? It's the five yeah, there's more players. I don't know if it was five-on-five. Five. There were definitely more than three. So, yeah, there were more players and, like... You know, I like it was the kind of thing. The kind it was the kind of play experience where I was like, I need to read the manual to have any idea what's happening here. Like, there was definitely there was clearly some sort of like pre-snap play selection thing going on that did not have a visual component to it. That was just numbers on the top. So, like, I think you need the book to know what play you're calling, mm-hmm. and in turn have any clue how to execute it properly. I wasn't able to throw the ball, which I'm I'm pretty confident is possible in the game. You know, <laughs> so like, like yeah, I'm just, I I clearly did not have the knowledge necessary to play it right. And it was not anywhere near engaging enough to do that level of, of fucking uh, research to play it. But it was certainly better than the others. And I just thought it interesting that, you know, I, as a, again, because I played the other shittier one anyways, like I probably would have played the fuck out of this if I'd have <laughs> had it at the time because it was so much further advanced than the other ones. And I played those too. So, yeah. Thought that was interesting. I also checked out Dark Chambers. In the list here, it was number seven. Uh, it's kind of sounded up my RPG alley, and it is basically a gauntlet knockoff that I probably wasn't too bad by twenty six hundred standards. I would say so. It's funny because I wrote down, Josh. This seems like your game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never heard of it, but I feel I kind of feel like maybe doing research about gauntlet at some time for the NES timeline. This is the game that I, I might have seen the name of this game before. Uh, Because there is some sort of, like, super early predecessor that is said to, like, I'm calling this a gauntlet knockoff, but is said to actually be what informed gauntlet. It's just we know gauntlet better, so everyone thinks otherwise, you know? So I I think this might be that game, but I'm not entirely sure. So, yeah, yeah, that was it. I clearly can't fucking kind of speak to the XE fucking list, so whatever. But... Coming out of that, we get 1.25 pages of previews, and many of these are ports of big titles. These are, this is the list we talked about earlier that I was pretty familiar with. So we have Commando in here. We have Rampage, Akari Warriors, Dragon Warrior, or Dragon, Double Dragon, not Dragon Warrior, not yeah. quite. <laughs> definitely, definitely not Dragon Warrior. <laughs> Xenophobe and Roadrunner, and many of these are on multiple systems. So you have like twenty six hundred, like twenty six hundred seventy hundred pairings, or seventeen hundred and XE pairings. Oddly, I don't see any twenty six hundred and XE pairings, and I just thought that interesting too. Dude, this... Occasionally, you get all three. I guess Commando has all three. Dude, these are this is like the hype for me. Like I said, like these are the best Atari games I can remember because they're yeah. on the seventeen hundred. So, like, Commando for me, it was a game. I played the shit out of that game. <laughs> Such a good game. Clearly, we, we, you heard the music for it earlier. Like, it was just so much fun. Like, Rampage. We know Rampage. Like, it's fun on every system. It's just lesser quality graphics on the yeah. 7800. <laughs> you know? So, you played the Rampage on 7800? Did you have oh, it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, would, I, would, I would love to see it and, I guess, play it, too. Because, you know, I have, we played it on the Sega, Jab and I, right before you jumped on this, Jab and I played it in the Master System, I had the NES one, I played the fuck out of it in the arcades whenever I saw it, I still do to this day. So, like, I've played a bunch of different versions of it, and I know it's been 
platformed are, are ported to everything. And I'm just so curious how, you know, bad or good they line up as, you know, because I was actually playing with the, this, I've said it before, I think since, and obviously in the episode, like the Master System one was way better than the NS one. So <laughs> I'm curious whether the 7800 one was better than the NES one or not. Oh, man. Uh- I think you already know the answer to that, Josh. Is it? Well, I don't assume. You never know, man. Well, I, I put it like this. Look at feast your eyes on the on the double dragon picture in the ma- in the mag. That is not what it looks like on the twenty six hundred or the seventy eight hundred. That is, is not, that is not a seventy eight hundred screenshot. You're saying? No, sir. It is not. I played the seventy eight hundred version because it was such. Like I looked at this and I was like. I remember loving Double Dragon on the 7800 and thinking graphically, especially in the later stages, the graphics were so well done. And so I looked at this and I was like, wow, those are some great graphics. They look a little too great. So I pulled it up and I was like, wait, did I download the right? Like, is this the, like, once I saw your 2600 (laughs) version, which I didn't even know existed, I was like, that looks super basic. So that's not the one I played. But this is dot not it either, man. The seventy hundred is like that's fucking hilarious that they're using what then arcade screenshots. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, it, it, the picture is dark as fuck, so it's not yeah. the easiest to tell for Rampage there. But like, it looks kind of in line with the NES version, but to my memory. But uh, yeah, it's definitely not the arcade one. The arcade one looks much better than that. So I know they're not using the arcade screenshot there. But if that, you know. It's insane to even suggest, but it's fucking Atari. You never know. If they're using NES screenshots to decept, to deceive you on the quality of their games, that is so crazy. I'll, I'll <laughs> that is either not the 7800 version or it's somehow so dark. It's and just so, so pixelated that you can't get it on It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Which I suppose is not entirely out of the question, but. That's the, that's that's the, it's sad that that's the best interpretation option we have for for Atari's well, sake for Atari's sake I mean <laughs> that their pictures are just wait. so shitty that you, that it, that's what it, the issue is yeah I mean I, I actually pulled up both because I wanted to see I'm like okay I remember again being a kid playing this game because it's Double Dragon I love Double Dragon we played on this the stupid little handhelds the LJN things this is it's still not. The NES or, or arcade, but look, it's still freaking Double Dragon. So I pulled it up on Nintendo Switch Online to see, like, what is the comparison between the NES and the 7800? It is. As a kid, I'm sorry, we're hearkening back to Derek again. I'm going to keep talking about this dude in the beginning. He was he was just deceiving himself. It's like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, mind, yeah. there's a stark difference between the two. <laughs> it has some good music. It's still Double Dragon. Like, if that's all you got. Compared to other NES yeah. game or Atari games, it's it's a good, it's a great game. Kids but, are so kids are so removed from reality, though, dude. It's it, <laughs> pro- it probably took so little effort to convince himself of this, you know. Like I can remember, you know, believe having belief systems as a child that it just you know they just don't lie. It's you, you a kid can convince himself of anything. <laughs> so like yeah. It's all right. One thousand percent see it as a fucking just a subconscious defense mechanism. <laughs> Developing still, at the same time, though, it was still some of the best seven eight hundred games I played. The best Atari games that there's possible to play. You know, so like I said, Commando is still a freaking great game for what I had. Like, give me, give me that type of game. Hell yeah, I'm still dropping bombs on walls and like sh- I'm still a Commando. This is still fun. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've heard. 
Where, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the double dragon thing. Like, yeah, I had, I couldn't believe that it was on the twenty six hundred. It blew my fucking mind. Uh, like, just knowing what the game is and the required, not that it's like the most complex game, but uh, knowing what the Atari twenty six hundred is capable of, and trying to think of how the fuck they could get that to work on, you know, just the fact that you only have one button. How do you? You only have one button. How's it possible? <laughs> like, you're either are you only kicking? Or are you only punching? I don't see any other solution, <laughs> which is how the fuck you play Double Dragon with only one of those two things. Whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe it's like double tap it and it kicks or something. I don't know. That's I don't know well, I wasn't able to figure it out. It's, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's Activision. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, like fucking, yeah, that's the easily the best company that made games for Atari 2600. So maybe I have lived to this day somehow not knowing about some incredible Atari 2600 Double Dragon port, you know, and... I, you know, like, I don't know, man. It, it, it just, it's fucking hysterical. Like, it, like I, I posted the screen cap, like you mentioned, fucking on, on the Facebook page. And it's just, I don't even know what to say about how unplayable it was. I, like, I, I wasn't, though, like, I would, uh. I, I don't, I don't think, like, I would, you know, clearly there's just the one button. So I'm hitting the button. And, like, I don't know, maybe, no, because I was using the controller for other games. It worked fine. Like it, I was not. I could not attack. And what else would the button do? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like jumping. I was not. There's no jumping. You know. And yeah, I mean, I would just get. I literally just, you know, first screen, just get the two enemies, just completely dusting my ass off over and over and over and over again. Game over. You know, as you can see in the fucking in the play video that I posted. Like just hilarious. Like absolutely fucking hilarious. It did have the only saving grace for it is. It had a the opening music ditty for it was the right one and pretty fucking hot. And yeah, but that that honestly is the only thing about it that made it worth hitting the power switch. Like the, the only thing I'm thinking is maybe because Atari Twenty Six Hundred would do this shit, and it's crazy that they saw this as a solution for in-game input. But sometimes in games, you would have to hit one of those switches. Like, there's a there's a game select switch. You know, there's six... The, the Atari has a bunch of on-console switches, you know. And, like, it was a different time. Your cord was not that long, and you had a cord. So you would, as a kid, have to sit usually on the floor next to your Atari, so it's not the same as having this crazy-ass idea today <laughs> for a modern gamer unable to uh, visualize what a gaming experience might have looked like in 1980-fucking-nine. But, like, even that that taken into consideration, it's, it's crazy for it to be a real-time fighting game input. You know what I mean? There's just no way that that's... Like, it, like Ghostbusters, actually. <laughs> the 2600 Ghostbusters requires you to do it... So when you go to the store... Oh my gosh. In the beginning of Ghostbusters, and you buy the different shit to leave the store. You know, you use the button on the controller to buy things, of course. So when you leave this, you're going to leave the store, you got to hit that game difficulty switch or something. And that's what that is what takes you out of the store and into the video game. So, like, but that's just like one thing at the beginning. And it's, you know, you're not under fire, under duress when you have to do that input. So, like, that's okay. But there's just no way that that's part of this game. It can't be. So, no. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't fucking know how you play it. I can't, it was so fucking bad. And, like, I just, I don't even, you know, 
It's not the kind of thing, tell me to read an instruction book like, no, fuck you, it's Double Dragon. I should be able to pick it up and play. Like, I do not need to fucking read literature to play Double Dragon. <laughs> Man, that is nuts. I never even thought about this, because even the the Atari controller that I bought is like a Hyperkin, and it has a button on either side. So there are two buttons on it. Technically, it has four, like I could map, you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't even dawn on me that the original 2600 controller only has the one button. Like, that's freaking crazy to me. How do you play Double Dragon? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, man. That's freaking nuts. So the second page of this preview section shares real estate with a feature on the sports stars of the time that are endorsing Atari wares. And here we have Doug Williams, who was a QB for the Redskins for a few years in the late 80s and won Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl 22, where, and this is the, the verbiage they used in the magazine here, and I, and I like this a lot, where they demolished <laughs> the, the Denver Broncos 42 to 10. So that's pretty, pretty hot. Nice. And then Spud Webb, who is or was, I guess he still is a human being. I don't think he's passed away, is a 5'7", 135-pound guard for the Atlanta Hawks that won the 1986 dunk contest and being 5'7 and winning the dunk contest goes without saying garnered him some serious popularity around this time despite being a, a pretty marginal player I mean would you agree that he was a pretty marginal right. overall, overall player? You only know about him because of the dunk contest. It's like oh my gosh that dude won the dunk contest. Yeah that, that, that short ass dude yeah no yeah, I remember I mean you know again I was in like third fourth grade I remember Fucking yeah, Spud Webb was like a thing, man. Like you know, we talked. It's like the regard for him, and I like you know. Again, I've, I think I've talked about it before. The when we talked about Mark West, the whole thing about Mark West and that kid Jessa Williams, who was like easily the best athlete in my class, and kind of was just like I don't know. He was like an omnipotent figure as far as sports opinions go too for whatever reason because he was all athletically most inclined too you know and like i just I mean, something about him i remember with fucking like, him and spud webb was like a fucking thing and like you could not say some bad shit about spud webb or he was gonna fucking roast your ass <laughs> okay i just remember it being a huge thing so in in spud webb's blurb here in the magazine and this was pretty interesting to me they point out women consider the handsome soft-spoken and unassuming slam dunk star Spud Webb, one of the most eligible bachelors in the USA. And I think that's a super weird thing to put in this magazine. <laughs> that he was... What? Uh, it's just not relevant information, I don't think, for this the target audience of this magazine. <laughs> right. I don't think you're picking up somebody here. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's not, this is not the place to pitch that fucking marketing thing. But, so, then, then the last one is the Cardinals perennial all-star shortstop, Ozzie Newsom, or Ozzie Smith, rather, sorry, who is totally justified, Pierre. He's easily the most accomplished of these three players, for sure. He was fucking all-world for a long time. So, that was pretty interesting, those fucking three, like, random ass, like, kind of semi like, they're not, you know, these are not three players that you see endorsing anything else anywhere else, I feel like. You know what I mean? Uh, at least in the video game realm, I'm sure they had other endorsements, but just for sure, I was immediately like, "Are there special games with their names on them?" Like, <laughs> that's the thing too. Basketball yeah. square that I missed. Like, what? yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't have like Pete Rose is your baseball guy. Basketball, I don't know, and football doesn't have one either. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's that's weird to me. I didn't even think of that. That they don't actually have games. So what do you mean they're endorsing? <laughs> They're just guys just who pay it to like, hey, play some Atari. We'll give you a fifty thousand or whatever. Right, 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 right. So next up, they interview Nolan Bushnell, 
the they call him the father of video games here, and that's quite the moniker to assign yourself in your own company, Ragmag. <laughs> but that's whatever. what I'm saying. Going hard with the the propaganda. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, if 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 you know about the timeline of Bushnell and Atari, this is a pretty interesting time to hear from him and 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 to to be doing an interview with him as. At this point, he has been, he was ousted from Atari years prior to this and then went and did his own thing for a while. And they brought him back after, I think, I think Warner had acquired Atari, if I remember correctly. And because it was going poorly, they lured, they tried to lure Bushnell back with a big fucking payday to have him come save the company, essentially. And I think that's right where we're at here, you know, so. Okay. It's an interesting time to be talking to him because, I mean, you know, it was like in all my, you know, it's all just historical accounts from, from you know, people's perspectives. So take it with a grain of salt. But like the the perception, the, the, the widespread perception, to my understanding, is that he left in a pretty, like it was pretty messy on his way out the first time. It was a pretty bad blood situation. So the, the fact that things got bad enough to bring him back. You know, that conversation had to probably be pretty funny, you know, and they probably had to overpay him substantially to get him to do it. So, you know, it's it's pretty funny. So I think the thing that most caught my eye from this was his mention of networking being a thing he was excited about. And like like the way he puts it is, you're not going to find two game systems in one place unless you're a psychopath like Jay and and Courtney here. (laughs) But putting two players in conflict against one another is one of the best parts of gaming. So... You know, like correct dude, and then there was Fortnite. So like the, the 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 fact that he had like that was the thing. You know, we've had we've had these interviews before. There was an interview in GamePro a while back, I remember, where they were interviewing like the CEOs of, if you recall this, like the CEOs of Acclaim and the CEOs of of, of yeah. Data East. They were there, like they were all talking about what the things that they saw as being the big deal of tomorrow, and like most of them were like fucking way off, you know. So the fact that he had this to talk about at a time when it wasn't even, it was to say it was in its infancy of a possibility uh, technology wise is an understatement. You know what I mean? So pretty forward, forward thinking by him, you know, he mentioned, I mean, he specifically mentioned modems to play online before that was an online, you know what I mean? (laughs) Before anyone anyone would have known what a modem was. I mean, clearly they work in technology. He knows what a modem is, but like reading this as a consumer at home, you're a like, modem. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. And my, my brother worked at CompuServe. So we had like, like I had a computer with dial up, but I still don't even remember that until I was until like 90 or 91. So this is even pre that for me. So what, what are you talking about? You know, but he knew. Yeah. fucking space. You're talking about <laughs> space technology. <laughs> Man, but you know what's crazy? I'm looking at this and I'm like, on the first page of this interview, I'm reading his list of games that they're working on. I've never heard of any of them. Like, well, it doesn't mean they were never released. It just means that I had apparently said moved on from Atari. Yeah, when I, you, it, know. you know they 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 did they again. I, I didn't do the research to know exactly like when they really hit the shitter. I mean, I think you know Atari didn't go under or anything, but like their effort. to really support the 7800 and keep pushing it as a new system doesn't last far beyond where we're at here in mid 89. No. No, they just, it, it, you know, they, uh, a lot of things that they had in the works probably right now 
never even happened, you know, and, and all this magazine. I mean, I, I think there's only four issues. So they're selling subscriptions to a six issue bi-monthly annual subscription of a magazine that didn't even make it the full year. So, you know, work backwards. Yeah. Work backwards from that as far as how things went from Atari from here for Atari from here, (laughs) you know, I mean, think about it. You're, you're not getting a year, but like a year later, Mario three had come out and it's over. Like Mario three, when that hit, arguably the greatest game of all time, like, like, Nintendo takes the market and it's done. Like it's done. Like Atari tried to come back I mean, later with the with Atari the Jaguar, already, Atari, already uh, Atari wasn't even I don't think, you know, I mean, yes, they're they they are pitting themselves against Nintendo in this magazine, but realistically, by marketplace performance, they're not even a they're not even a competitor, you know. Like Sega is the closest competitor, and even Sega isn't competing with Nintendo yet. So they're just starting to with the you know the Genesis is just petering genesis comes out actually in august so this is pre-genesis so yeah sega is not even fucking competing either like nintendo has the market absolutely cornered so to even like talk for them to even (laughs) utter the words that allude to competition with nintendo is but if you it's it's more delusional than dylan in the first in that first fucking right (laughs) that's what it is i mean they're talking about like if you add in the Atari XE and whatever, whatever, it's the most consoles ever sold and all this and that. Like, they're definitely, like, even this whole, I mean, clearly this is pushing. Like, right. they have this view of themselves and they're still relevant and this and that. But it's like, the market is moving on and y'all yeah. need to. Well, I mean, dude, yeah, okay, so you just, like, on that topic. So, like, you know, the second half of the second page of Nolan's interview here is, it's a feature on what they call Nolan's first new game for the 2600. So Nolan Bushnell comes back to save the company. His first project, and I understand he probably wrote this game in his spare time while working for the other company. I'm not suggesting that he came back and started development on this thing as like a, oh, I got I got the idea that's going to save yeah. things is this new 2600 game I got, right? You know. <laughs> so like but but either way, it doesn't matter. He comes back and the first big thing that he wants to put his name on as the CEO is a game for their system from 1977. You know, not the new hardware. And that's just, oh my God, it's so bad. It's such bad management. It's such bad marketing. It's such bad every, it's such bad business practice, top like, to bottom. That, yeah. How was that decision made? Like, did they come back and say, okay, there are by like was it very methodical and very accounting ish where they said okay we have 45 million worldwide units lifetime sales of 2600 and we have you know 10 million lifetime sales of city 100 mega 2600 again like was it that blinded of thinking that we could maybe get more and they just thought like and you know and, and probably and probably i'm sure like we said, the coaxing of Nolan back had to be incredibly lopsided negotiating because of where Atari was, how bad off they were, how jaded Nolan would have been. So there is little doubt in my mind that the parameters of him coming back gave him full autonomy in decision-making. And the 2600 was what he knew and what he cut his teeth on and what made him successful and what made the company successful. So, like, you know, this is this is at, this is at a time when video games weren't perceived as this ever-evolving thing that they are now. 
to them, this was just another widget, you know, and even for him as forward thinking as he was, and, you know, he may have had an eye towards that stuff, the modem, whatever it might be, but I don't care how forward thinking he was. He did not have, there's no way to perceive the develop. And this is just, you know, I mean, it's not just after the crash, but it's recently, like the people who were part of the, the crash in the Atari seats still probably feel very close to the crap, the, the video game crash because it fucking ruined so much of their lives. You know, it's probably, even though it's a few years, it's five years down the line from it, it's still fucking probably very fresh in their minds. So like to them, it's just not what we perceive video gaming to be, you know? So like to them, yeah, like it's, it's all just, they're all just one big product to me. It's all just video games. And like, what's the video game thing with the most profitability potential, the one that has the most, saturation of tools necessary to exploit the new product. You know, it makes, you yeah. know, I, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's completely fucking wrong in hindsight, but at the time that was probably like, yeah. <laughs> it's sad because I look at this and I, I just, I, I see the screenshot and I'm immediately one. Oh dude, I know this. I, do. I, 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 cause you know, it's so mm. probably thing. It's Nolan Bushel's new game. So I was like, oh, I'm playing this for sure. 2600. I, I never heard of it. I never played it. So I downloaded it. And dude, it, it's not. It's pretty fucking good for a twenty six hundred game for sure. It's like it's, it's, it's a space set adventure game with some survival elements to it. And you know, I'm, I'm playing Subnautica too, so I'm especially like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, so yeah. So you have you have life and oxygen meters to tend to in this game, like all, ever decreasing. Uh, I mean, the life you have to get hit for shit, but the oxygen meter is right. ever decreasing. You know, so yeah, you're going around, you're trying to find the resources to keep yourself alive, and you get a sword early on. And the hit detection for the sword use, which in Atari 2600 games is usually awful, <laughs> is actually pretty fucking good with the enemy sprites and shit. The music was good. I mean, for a 2600 game, pretty fucking good. But that does not, you know, does not discount all the things we said. But I don't know. Are you saying you're adding it to our games worth playing list? Oh, maybe. <laughs> no, our games are, or no, our games are playing list. No, uh, I thought you were saying our King Lord, our, our our game discussion at the end, which you know we're not going to do a game episode after this, but I think we should still have a a game. Like we should, I should we should proceed as such as as if we were. So uh, it, it it may be a game in that conversation, Jay. Yeah, maybe maybe that. So yeah, not too shabby, father of video games. That is Donkey Kong Jr.'s title theme for the 7800 and or played the 7800 version, but the 2600 version was a card I had and it's fucking dope. It was one of the better games on the system for sure. Nice. The 7800, same, same level of fun, better graphics. Yeah, actually, there it's. I don't know if it's this section or not. I think it's a little later on for something. Some, I think the tips and tricks or something maybe. But I saw the screenshot and I was like, "Damn, that looks good, man." Yeah, <laughs> I had to pull it up and verify. I was like, "Yes, this is the good one." Yeah, that's quality, quality seventy hundred. Yep. So the section that we are in here is the reviews and the games we have here. The ones mentioned on the cover that I've never fucking heard of: Tower Toppler, Summer Games, Crime Buster, Carrot, Karate, Karate. Karateka. I, I say Karateka, yeah. That makes that makes total sense. Impossible Mission, Double Dunk, Fight Night, Water Ski, Super Baseball. And the only one of these that jumped out to me at all was Fight Night, which the graphics looked kind of fun and semi-solid on. And I was curious if you'd ever rock that by chance. 
it looked super familiar to me and i know and that's how another reason i know i had this magazine because i remember these exact like screenshots and i'm like oh i remember all of this but yeah i play i, I saw the freaking fight night too and i was like oh i remember this game but then i was playing it and i was like what is going on here like it was yeah. just like i don't know if i need to look up the actual manual and like thoroughly sit because i was i'm like okay i'm messing around i know i can punch here like the dude was still blocking every punch of mine, and I was like, "This is not fun." It just was not. Yeah, it had so, like it, it. It gave the. I mean, I didn't. I you know, I wasn't getting a seventy hundred emulator uh, to 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 try these things, but the it it had the 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 piece had the vibe that there were like characters. Like I, the, I guess yeah. that there, there was like it, there was like an, a, an aspect of it that reminded me of Mike Tyson's Punch Out to some degree. You know that like it, it had like it wasn't just stock on no no face boxers they they had like personality of some kind or they tried to give them some anyways and and that kind of spoke to me a little bit that's what was really intriguing about it so they definitely have separate you know personality so to speak different movements but I, i feel like this is something also that either again tried as a kid and just hated it also or just saw it in the magazine and never played it because when i was playing it i was like the the Art and everything looks familiar. This game doesn't feel familiar because yeah. it, it's not fun. Like that was, I I feel like there was a fun boxing game I played and it was not this. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the only one that, that said anything to me. Uh, talk to me about here was not a pile of shit. Oh man, so it was not a pile of shit. So that would be correct. <laughs> but the character. other was I like zero zero interest in, but like. This is a game. I don't know if you played it. I've played it on the PC before, like with the keyboard and everything. Keyboard and mouse, like to move around. It's freaking hard. I played it on the seventy eight hundred again. It's a fun game, but it's like it's like it's, like, it's kung fu. It's like the side, yeah. perfect, perfect side view, and just the guys running. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. but there's like a dude who can like throw a hawk at you, and like it's just I don't know, man. It's like it's a freaking hard game. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. I've never come close to beating it. I've definitely made it to several levels, but like. You you know you it's a two D kind of fight. You have every time you approach a bad guy, you each have like a meter, a bunch of triangles. You have so, to, it's, uh, so it's like an individual battle by battle thing. Okay, that's kind yeah, of yeah. You gotta you gotta go like it, you're still in stages though, so you gotta walk forward and like dot fight the the bird that comes at you and find the next guy to fight. But every time you fight a guy, there's like a health meter. It's an arena so thing. Like, yeah, but it's so it's fun, but it's freaking hard. It's just fun but hard. Yeah. Definitely remember that one. But the other is like Impossible Mission was always just a knockoff. Like I'm like, okay, this is Mission Impossible. They can't get the brand. So <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't really fun. Uh super baseball, as basic of a game as that is, actually it's a fun game. Like I remember having this on a twenty six hundred and super basic again, but like there's just something about Again, at the time, I was still in the baseball, still watching the Reds play and, and going to see Columbus Clippers games and stuff. And just like being able to accurately throw and catch this ball on the screen, like it was, sure. it was fun. For the time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, like you know, these are the, I think these are the, the last swings at sports titles on the, for, for you know, lack of a better fucking analogy, the, uh, no pun intended. I guess maybe is the proper terminology to to get out of that. But anyways, the these are the these are the last tries at sports, so they're probably the best ones. Like I never played this one, but I mean that the original baseball was terrible. On uh, the, the 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 I shouldn't say the original, the real sports one. I don't think I ever played an original an original baseball. You know, so yeah, I mean it's it's probably the best one. I didn't try this one, but 
I believe it's the best available to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the the thought of playing summer games like with a contr- with a joystick, just no thanks. I don't know. Just never tried it. Never had any desire to even try that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, fucking Olympic sports. Bah. Anyway, so I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't even fucking think to fucking be into that or try it. Water ski kind of sounds like a semi-fun setting for a video game and, and a not overly done one, you know. So I- I'm kind of intrigued by that. But again, not enough. That's 7,800, right? You know, 7,800. Yep. Definitely yeah. 7,800. Uh, yeah, I was not getting a 7,800 emulator for this purpose. <laughs> <laughs> to that note, I will have to say... Man, using RetroArch was so simple. Cause like normally I use LaunchBox, which is like the front end, but like on the back end, I'm still using, you know, Fusion for Sega and RetroArch for Nintendo. But like I just used RetroArch by itself and I just searched for a 7800 core, loaded it, boom, drag and drop 700 games. And then I was like, let me try. I, I thought 2600 be, would be more difficult, but I did the same thing. I just like searched for it, dropped it in, boom. Like, should have got so, that. I said, yeah, I use, I use Z26, and it's yeah, it's definitely not playing 7800 game. Well, you know what? I guess I don't know that. <laughs> but it's called Z. It's called Z26. It's got to be 2600 games only, or it wouldn't be called that. So, but I was yes, thoroughly it, impressed that I could play both. <laughs> word. I guess I, maybe I should have got that. So at the end of this, we have an XE video game system. This is kind of where I wanted to get in and talk more about that. That stuff. So it, it yeah, I mean, it, it's essentially a rebrand of their 8-bit line of computers that had been around for quite some time and, and, and done pretty popular. So yeah, it has a keyboard. You can buy a disk drive. There's a modem and a printer you can get. So I mean, yeah, it's a fucking computer. <laughs> it, just, it just has a box, a colorful box that they're calling a console. And the the thing I thought sounded the coolest in this fucking rundown here is that it had a basic programming language editor built into the the onboard ROM of the system. So you could program your own shit on it if you took the time to teach yourself basic programming. And, dude, I was fucking into that. as a, like I, I had the basic, it's called just basic programming is the name of it. It's an Atari cart. And I had that cart my whole childhood, but I didn't have the keyboards, the keyboard controller to really engage it with. It's so like, I, you know, I mean, it, it's weird that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I've, there was no... I didn't have anyone in my life who was that technologically savvy mm-hmm. or like, so it wasn't like I was trying to emulate some parental figure in my life or anything. No one had, you know, uh, my uncle didn't get a computer till later. And this was, this was before he and I were really close anyways. Like, I don't know where it came from, man, but I was fucking like computers fascinated though fuck out of me man and I, I so badly wanted to be able to program my own shit like computer programming hacking into the mainframe man it was probably ha- that's, that's probably what it was it was probably hacking into the fucking mainframe in movies it's probably like, i want to hack into the fucking mainframe <laughs> all the time all yeah the time. that's all i want all i want to do in life is hack into the mainframe so yeah man so yeah like so i would turn that basic cartridge on without even having the controller just the fucking joystick and you can't do anything there, there, you could, there was something you could move the cursor like there was something you could do with it like you could create input but you couldn't actually program the way and that's it's you know in hindsight having tried it and watched videos and stuff it's like what you can do basic programming wise on that cartridge as you would imagine is incredibly basic so that you know that was never really an outlet for it but later on i want to say it was early in jab and i's tenure together after i'd moved back in with my dad 
and and he was in the picture. He got like someone I don't know. It came from somewhere in his family or something. He brought it home from like he went to his dad's on one weekend and then came home with it. And he it was like he. He was too. It was he was way too young to even be kind of interested in it. But he brought it home anyways, and it was this little basic programming computer system that had like a little suitcase. And I, I wish I could remember the brand name of it. I can't. He actually still. I when I was back home one time recently, he still had it. He has it in his closet somewhere. So I should fucking ask him to send pictures and shit. But so yeah, he had this thing. So it was like it was like a little keyboard with rubber buttons on it, like a full QWERTY keyboard. And you plug that into your TV, and there was a standard cassette tape deck accessory to it that you could save your programs onto actual cassette, blank cassette tapes. That was like the storage medium for it. So, and it came with all these books that taught you how to do it. So, dude, I'm I'm like 11 years old, sitting in my bedroom on the floor with this thing plugged in, looking at these books, teaching myself, <laughs> teaching myself basic programming, and fucking got you know savvy enough with it where like i remember like, i used one of the templates to build a parachuting game where you like a little thing would fly across the top of the screen your little thing dropped out of it and you were trying to land your little parachuter on these targets that were worth certain scores you know so like and there were like hills and shit that were obstructions that you had to navigate to get to the Ooh. targets and stuff so you know not a totally nice. not complex video game. And, and like I said, it was from a template. It's not like I like sat and cooked that up on my own or anything. But just having that ability to do that, there were some things that I fucked around with and a few other programs that probably also came from templates in the books or something. But, you know, just being able to program something and then save it on the tape and then turn the thing off and turn the thing back on another day and load that up and play it, you know, was like, oh, my God, dude, it's like, so I did not have a computer, and I wanted one so bad. Like, the ability to do that, have access to that, and, like, teach myself that was fucking, just unbelievable fucking experience that was so fucking dope, man. And, yeah, like, nice. I, I wish, to this day, I still wish. I mean, I, you know, we, we've talked about it, joked around about it, shit. Like, I've downloaded that NES maker, that front-end UI to program NES games and stuff. I would love, and, you know, and that stuck with it. I mean, I, I, I was into HTML programming in high school and stuff. That's infinitely more basic than any sort of shit you would use to really program video games. But the, you know, I was always into it and, and wanted to do it. But, like, I remember getting, actually, some sort of visual C++ programming uh, tutorial or some, you know, fucking something to try to learn it with. Uh, a programming environment and like, <laughs> nope, don't understand this. No book, <laughs> nope, no book is teaching me. The internet's not savvy enough now to teach you anything anyway. At least it's not happening, you know. And and that was pretty much like yeah. So like mid to late high school was probably the last time that I really took any real effort to to get into that. But yeah, I, I wish I could have stuck with it or would have stuck with it and had the wherewithal for the tedium of programming because I like I know for a fact. Like that's something I was sitting in a room alone and like creating your own thing is something that I would love to be, have the power and the, the ability to do. But I was going to say, man, that sounds like you. That's, I mean, that's what Zion is into completely. We, so we just got her a gaming computer for her birthday. Okay. And though she's, she's been into coding for a while now. So like every time I boot on a, a, any kind of game, she's like, Oh, is that using unreal engine? Like she has her own unreal engine thing. She can code and like create games now. Like she's just, she loves it. That's fucking awesome. And there's like the resources available, of course, you know, to her now. Yeah, God, there's yeah, yeah there, 
there are no, there's no such thing as not knowing something, man. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, and that's, you know, like, I don't even, like, that's to me, I'm so far removed, like, I don't even have, like, I mean, I, I've started to pick up trace, like, it sounds like, yeah, those Unity and Unreal Engines and stuff sound, from the basic information I've gleaned about them, sound way more turnkey than I would have thought, like, it's like, yeah. drag and drop kind of chimpanzee level fucking input required to build in those things. And sure, I mean, I imagine the nuances are insane to create things that are good in them, but... And differentiated, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. But I mean, like, the basic tools to get started and get some traction and just fucking feel like you're not just ramming your head into a wall right at the beginning sound not too bad, you know? So, like, I'm half tempted to get a hair at my ass as if I have fucking a bunch of free time or anything, and that's good. (laughs) Gotta finish Subnautica first, at least. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'd probably never have it. But, yeah, it's it's something, yeah, I I just wish I had the time and the wherewithal, whatever, because I I think it's something that if I could get the traction and get a basic understanding and get the foundation in place, I think it's something I would fucking really be into. But it's just too much. Old dog, new tricks. So anyhow, my cousin, my my cousin, what's up? I was just gonna say we'll let uh send you Zion's first game. You can try it out and then okay, words, yeah, yeah, dude, fucking yeah. If she programs something, fucking post it on the thing, dude. Get user feedback. That's that's how you do it. Just like Subnautica, get user feedback, develop it. (laughs) So excited every day, every day, like some new thing about it. Just yeah, it's crazy. I almost feel like I'm at work sometimes hearing a developer talk, but obviously (laughs) she's you know (laughs) that's that's fucking awesome. I can't, you know, I, I. you know, that's all fucking conjecture. But I, I can't think of a skill set to be developing right now that has more a- potential application in tomorrow mm-hmm. than that, you know? So, fuck yeah. Fucking, she's into it. Fucking push that to the fucking moon. Um, <laughs> anyhow, my cousin Tracy had one of these fucking things, like I mentioned, these Atari XEs. And all I remember about it is that barnyard shooting game with the zapper. I've talked about on here before. I won't shut the fuck up about, you know, the barnyard shooting thing. And there's actually, it's in, I think the tips and tricks, maybe there's a screenshot of it. It mentions it. So yeah, that's the only, only real thing. I mean, I'm sure they had other games, but that's, that's the thing that really stands out. In fact, I, the, the, this flying game here, it might've been the pack in or something, because that looks kind of familiar to me. That interface, the the, the dashboard there looks like something I've seen before, but that's also kind of how every flying game looks. So maybe, um, Hey, well, you know, I think that's Flight Simulator too, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, okay. For it look like that, but yeah, this is like it looked like as soon as you see this visual, I I just immediately think Nintendo because of the zapper, but also computer. And it's funny to me as I read this, like thinking about how Atari must have felt and the position they're in. We talk about you know they were probably you know the best selling market leader even through the video game crash, but now Atari like Nintendo's eating their lunch. But at the same time. For them to sit here and say, we've had 8-bit computers, been around for almost a decade, they're probably like, wait a minute, Nintendo is 8-bit, we got 8-bit, we, we've been had 8-bit. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it's like, just the words, yeah, just like, 8-bit, 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 like, what is the same shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Again, just, yeah, just, you know, they're a technology company, so you can't say that they're fucking stupid, but, like, there's, like, and just an oblivious aspect to everything about their function you know and, and, and it's not hard to connect the dots on nolan bushnell walking away time warner this big corporation acquiring them and it's again just not knowing what they're buying they just you know mm. it's profitable they're buying they're buying the balance sheet they're not even buying 
They have no no one at Time Warner. Not a fucking soul even knows what an Atari is, I bet. <laughs> you know? There's like man. Yep. And they fucking just have no idea how to run a company like that at this time. And of course ran into the fucking ground like every other fucking <sighs> corporate America fucking thing. Um yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you if you fucking ever fuck with these, fuck with one of these, but I think you kind of already said no. So, Man, moving yeah. on, moving on. They 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 also are asking at the bottom of this, they are asking kids to name their stock superhero mascot here. So trying to just like Nintendo, not different. They are trying to get fucking the readers to do some do some labor for them. The the best these marketing wonderkins here with Atari could come up with was Atari Ace and Commander Atari. Wow. Absolutely, good pathetic. job, team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking way to go. Just like, again, just like we talked about, what was that? What was that thing? I fucking was pissing myself laughing about about the the different words. Like you could put the, those four words in any order uh, in the same just, thing. Yeah. yeah, I was just pissing my fucking it's the exact same thing, same concept to me. Ew. But you win if you if they pick your choice, you win twenty five bucks and a free game of your choice if they they pick your shit. So I mean. That that different than the earlier thing, how I pointed out that they're probably choosing that. Here you get to choose, so they're at least giving you that that freedom. So that's you know whoever won this as a kid, twenty five bucks in a free game of your choice, probably pretty fucking hot little prize, even if they are still exploiting you. <laughs> so, uh, what are you gonna do after these messages? We'll be right back. What do you want? What do you think? What do you want? I want the latest games anywhere. Atari is the name of the game, dudes. Check it out at these rad stores. That is a 1990 Atari 7800 commercial, like for the system there, and it's rad. <laughs> Hi, Octane, rad. Let's go. <laughs> cool. Cool stuff. And the strategy section kicked. And the strategy section kicks off here where they do deep dives on, you guessed it, game strategies. A feature on XE title Necromancer opens us up here, and the name and art imply fantasy RPG, so I'm listening. And I kind of suppose it is, but it definitely has a unique twist going on with it, doing a little research about it. It's you, you play a sorcerer that goes by Illuminar, seeking to destroy, to destroy an evil necromancer called Tetragorn, and your chief offensive angle is a incredibly eco-friendly one, planting trees and protecting them from the necromancer's minions. So, like, yeah, it's like a very, I don't know, like eco-conscious sorcerer, (laughs) you know, which is, I don't know, different. So that's kind of fun. And then we have Donkey Kong Jr. next, and it doesn't specify in the piece, but like I said, I'm guessing this is the 7800 port, because I had the 2600 version, and it's fucking great! But it didn't look anywhere near this look. <laughs> like, like anywhere near. 100% the 7800 port, because I, I tried that, and I was like, yep, this is definitely for sure that one. It's This is such a fun game. You know what I hate about this game? I hate that you have to climb down every rope. You can't just kind of go off the edge and think there's a platform right beneath you you're going to land yeah. on, no, you're going to die. You'll like, fall to your, I forget fall that every time I yep. play this game. Like, ah, but it's yep. a fun game. Yep, yeah, the the one, and uh, assuming that it 
has the same stage flow as the 2600 version. The, the, the stage where you, the blue one, where you have to push the keys up between the two ropes to the top. Mm. Something about the mechanic of that is so satisfying because, like, the gators come down and you have to, like, move over to the one move side over. until they pass. And then, you know, and, like, yeah, that was a uh, really fun little thing. I think, like, the first, the first stage of that is probably the... Although it looks cool, probably the weakest of the actual fun to them, like having to jump across the platforms and run up and the fucking things are coming down the vines and shit like the the latter stages of that game are really fun. Really cool. Yeah, my, my swing. So this is my swing at the canonically accurate Donkey Kong Country series inspired story for this game is that you are Donkey Kong in his formative years trying to save Cranky Kong from the clutches of evil Mario. Like, that's what I believe I've read is the actual like when the, and then that but yeah that, that is me retrofitting how they describe the uh, story of, of donkey kong country you know what i mean and if you put that in this timeline here i think that's what it would be so that's that's kind of fun if you think about it like that okay i like that i like yeah. that it has a nice little twist to it okay yeah but yeah great great fucking game and then desert falcon that's the name we couldn't think earlier of the the flying egyptian one and yeah this is the first time i can say in this bag up where i can say we've seen and talked about this already <laughs> so, we can, so we can just so we can just move right on uh yeah like i said i'm pretty sure it was the first issue of game pro that had a piece on that and we we like we, we started doing our our first quasi segment jay's atari corner <laughs> so we get a half page ad for frogo games corporation next and this is a black and white ditty titled big game hunters and they have 2600 games and 7800 games and the 2600 ones are going for 15 to 17 bucks and the 7800 games for 30 and remember earlier i said i'm lowballing by 30 dollars my msrp i guess that is that the actual msrp <laughs> it was definitely game specific i remember games like california games when that came out being like 30 or 35 versus like getting a different game for like 15 so yeah for sure and but it's, act- it's it's so brand confusion though right now. Even looking at this, like they're still talking about the twenty six hundred seventy eight hundred when they supposedly have this eight bit machine, the XE. Like, what's the like? Come well, on, this, people. This, this is uh, this is a third party that I'm are super unlicensed. If you look at these again, this it's not this, yeah. this, this this thing you created is now a thing. Like this, these are these are incredibly generic names: Seahawk, Task Force, Sea Hunt, Cruise Missile. Karate, water ski. Like, they're not names. They're just fucking nouns. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, these aren't, these are definitely not Atari licensed games. These are, these are, the fact that actually, the fact that they're selling these for 30 bucks is a fucking joke, if you think about it. If you can get actual Atari licensed games for anywhere near this price point, these are probably, this is, this is, these are the games that created the, the game crash, you know? These are, these, <laughs> these are the companies in the games that, that caused that. Is these Makes fucking sense. these dog shit games the parents got home and the kids lost their minds like what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> karate. This is not karate car. This is not kung fu. This is just yeah, exactly. this is different. Different from all of those. Yep. So the the bottom half of this page is a, another contest, and I gotta admit, man, this is fucking amazing, and I love this. Did you actually read this closely? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I the only way I, it's too complex. I, I just got to read it. So the the editors of Atari and care about video games, and as you know, contests involving video games are an ongoing part of our editorial package. So this is one. I never heard that term before. Editorial package. I, I like that as a 
as a phrase. But we also care about the English language and the way it is, is being used and misused by Americans today. We work hard to present the reviews, articles, plain strategies, and other editorial components of the magazine in clear, correct, and stylistically pleasing English, which we think enhances your enjoyment of the content. But occasionally, even editors slip up. To keep us on our toes and to make our young readers aware that there are correct and incorrect ways to use language, we offer an ongoing contest. The challenge is to find examples of incorrect grammar or sloppy style in Atarian. So they ask you to copy the sentence being accused, like as a kid, you write it down, and then you identify the shortcoming within that sentence, a misplaced modifier, run-on sentence, et cetera, et cetera, then rewrite it better without changing the meaning, and then you mail that into the magazine. And the winner each issue will be qualitatively and subjectively chosen as the one deemed most embarrassing to the editorial team, by the editorial team. So, and they, they point out that simple typos don't count, though they admit they too are embarrassing that they're talking about actual grammatical shortcomings here. So, yeah, I mean, the, the prize is described as an Atari game package and being highlighted and praised in the magazine itself, and it's under 18 only, thankfully. And they ask, they say they may force you to prove your age. I don't know how you prove that you're not 18, <laughs> but... Whatever, I guess a birth certificate, maybe, <laughs> if, if it actually came to that. But I don't know, it, it, what it, that's aside the point. This is absolutely fucking awesome. It's smart, it's challenging, it's rewarding for kids. I fucking love it. Like, high five Atari. This is the best reader interaction thing that we have seen in any magazine that we have looked at yet. Any one of them. I, I, I might even say cumulatively. <laughs> you know, wow. like, I think this is so smart and so fun and so beneficial like that is an, is an actual high high thought requirement teaching tool built into a magazine and incentivized in a way that are, is going to make the readers absolutely 1000 percent engage it enthusiastically you know what i mean like it's just such a good good fucking idea you know it's so good so, i mean it makes sense it says an unusual contest so i i get it read read thoroughly you know, right. prove your case. It's like, okay, let's let's go. Yeah. Let me get on my pencil and paper. Yeah. yeah, it's teaching you so many things. Like, yeah, like you know, like yes, the like having to like just the organization required of it. You know, like the idea of like, okay, I find this thing, and I have to go get a piece. Like, think of, you know, from a kid's perspective too. Clearly, even as an adult, some adults can't do this probably. <laughs> like, like you find this thing, you're like, that's not right. I don't think that's right. I think I have a better idea for it. I have a reason to take the time to do it. They have to go and get a piece of paper. They have to write this fucking down. They have to copy it correctly. They have to point out the thing. They have to look up probably what the thing is called, the like, shortcoming. What is this to, called? Yeah. To learn the shortcoming and learn about it. And you're going to learn the parameters of it. So you have to explain why that parameter is not being met by this shortcoming. This is like the thing you know, the, 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 it's just fucking, it's so smart. It's such a good idea. And, and a you got to fucking... go find a stamp or buy a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Mail it. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Whole, whole fucking life experience for sure. You know? So yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. That's a really cool idea. So I loved that. And then we get into tips and tricks. And as I mentioned, that Barnyard Blaster XE lightsaber game I keep babbling about is here. And really the only thing I have to say about this is any of these, I mean, you actually, so these are more games you played. Like, do any of these jump out to you as something you're like, oh, yeah, that's a fucking thing. Either I wish I knew or I did learn well, maybe, maybe this magazine and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> nah, not really. I mean, I looked at the Choplifter one because I love Choplifter. And that's like something I definitely did, like where you capture the hop. What not capture once you rescue the hostages because there's always going to be tanks trying to shoot at you to prevent you from taking these hostages to safety. 
Like if you just fly backwards, you can still shoot if they come out, you know, they can come at you. So that's that's definitely something that I did. But you learn it kind of naturally, you know what I mean? I kind of felt that way about a few of them. Was, they were they seem kind of like things like, yeah, that's just like shit, that's like nuance of of gameplay. That's not a tip. That's just like part of learning how to play the game. <laughs> you know? Exactly. exactly. Like the complexity of these games is is so not so that you know the you know you're not gonna get a fucking password tip or something here you know so even whatever. even yeah even with karate kai i mean it was kind of the same thing it's like hey if you run you encounter less enemies like yeah that's part of it like if you walk there's more dudes that's <laughs> right right exactly you learn yeah. that so yep so the second page is shared with an ad for another video game store in fresno california that is headlined by 5200 games the system that is completely obsolete and not being supported by atari at all in this mag so fucking marketing team at that store on fucking point there. Unless, you know, <laughs> I guess, didn't think of it, flip side of that idea is if it's completely, if it's so passe that it is now essentially, you wouldn't call it retro yet because you didn't have retro as a concept for video games, but if it's so far removed from being available that you are the specialist in that thing, and then people reading this magazine could potentially have 5200 and wants 5200 games. So you know what? Uh, as I work through this, as I as I logically deduce uh, my incorrect opinion here, I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that maybe it actually was a boon for them if they if they are the sole source for this for 5200 games. <laughs> you know, then maybe this is the perfect place to be advertising oh. and advertising those product products. I just I'm looking at this and I, I think I remember if I remember correctly the. 5200 had cartridges that were bigger, so you couldn't, like, you couldn't play backwards compatible 2600 like you could with 78. So it was kind of like, why did you do this? So it immediately, like, fell out of favor, or if it had any favor. I I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're, I think they're, like, they were bigger and they had, like, a ribbed texture to, to, to the plastic molding. Yeah, for sure. So then we get our comic that I guess they feel every magazine must have, and it's called Adventures of Atari. And it's featuring their yet-to-be-named mascot, at least so they've said. And this is so fucking insanely salty of Atari, this, this comic strip, dude. The story starts in an Atari game factory. They lose control of their computers because an alien ship is above the factory trying to introduce a virus into their system that will force their customers to buy from the aliens, right? That's like, so it's already... <laughs> Already like a commercialized narrative, <laughs> now, which is fucking stupid. And then one of the employees in the factory turns out to be a superhero, of course, and he runs to a fucking phone booth in a shameless bite off Superman before introducing himself as Atari. So he does have a name. They're calling him Atari in the strip. He's not unnamed. So, All right, what's uh, that? Right. And then we find out late in the comic strip that the alien leader is named Ninja Endo. Yes. (laughs) So if you were too dense to read between the lines here, Atari is saying Nintendo is nefariously stealing their customers. That's essentially, if you read between the lines here, what this comic strip is about. And holy fuck is that a salty-ass choice by them. (laughs) I fully 100% remember this in reading this and being like, whoa, they just called out Nintendo. (laughs) I'm with the good guys. I'm with Atari. Nintendo's the bad guy. Ninja Endo. 
<laughs> but it's like uh fucking the the 1989 child version of when like all those all moron ass NBA players like something happens on the court and everyone on the fucking bench is just like like fucking you don't need to be that excited about this dick <laughs> you know uh but you're part of the team so you do <laughs> oh man it's so funny i i just remember that as a kid being like damn they could just do that okay all right <laughs> clearly, clearly they're talking about nintendo <laughs> yeah it's fucking great man it's so salty though oh okay um yeah i don't know yeah, anything else to say. anything i didn't hit on in that comic that you no <laughs> Yeah, that's that's it. That's that's all I like. Ninja Endo. There you go. <laughs> so we move on from that to some brain teasers and word finds in a, a page of puzzles, and then we get a full page ad to subscribe to this baby for fifteen bucks, and you get six issues annually that I don't believe ever ended up getting delivered. And then a full pager for for Activision did the port of both the twenty six hundred and the seventy eight uh, versions of Rampage, and I love this ad. It's, it's pretty pretty close to the one the Sega. Use Sega Box used to, and uh, I think closer to the arcade version than the NES box art, if I recall correctly. But pretty cool and fun art, and uh, this pretty much closes out this action-packed inaugural issue of Atarian. That was from Pac-Man Jr. on the Atari 7800, a definite favorite of mine. Very solid game. I don't, I don't believe I've ever played Jr. on... Ever, period. Like, you know, I played Miss Pac-Man. I played Pac-Man, right. of course. I don't believe I've ever played Pac-Man Jr., though. What's the actual, what's the actual gameplay? It's, it's, it's fun, man. It's like the screens are much bigger. Like, I know there were some different things you could get as well. And, like, there were differentiated screens. How I was like, the original Pac-Man on Atari was just the one thing over and over. You know what I mean? But, like, um, Pac Jr. had different screens. I think I can't. There was something different you could do that I'm forgetting because I didn't play it for the, the episode. But... It was just like had different sounds, different music, different. Yeah, there was just a lot more to it. So it was fun. Okay. Yeah, I think you had some power ups or something, but I, I don't remember details. Pac Man's okay. It's done all right historically, I suppose. So, I guess. <laughs> so, so now we're going to talk about nominations for a game episode that we're not going to do. So, not that, you know, everything we do this podcast is kind of just, we're just fucking around here. None of it's serious, so who cares? Let's just talk about what are the games that we want to talk about, I guess, from, from this issue. Do you, I think I had to go first, and that's what led us to Heavy Barrel, so let's avoid that kind of outcome of this and have you go first here. <laughs> I, I would say first would be Commando. I mean, it's it's just a blast of a game. Like I said, I played it over and over again. Quality graphics for a 7800 type of port, um, but just like fun gameplay, like there were secrets to find. You could blast holes in walls that like you just didn't know that there were things there, and you get to go to special areas. So just really well done. A lot and again, that we, we have determined that's the it's the exact same commando as yeah. that's on that's the uh, NES one. Okay, yeah. Were there, I, I didn't. I don't think I knew that there were secrets in that game. That's yeah, because well, it's just like the idea of blowing up these walls when you have grenades. Like if you blew up certain walls, you could go like get. I don't remember what those secrets were off the top of my head, but it was. I just remember playing those. Shoot out of that game. Pro- probably more grenades. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, it's still fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so probably that one, and then still, I gotta say, probably Double Dragon on the seventy-eight hundred. Like it was still so well done because on the seventy-eight hundred, you still you had the two buttons, so you could punch and kick, and you could jump. Um, 
That's clutch for sure. Yeah. So I, I again, I can't <laughs> even imagine trying to own the 2600. It blows my mind that you even attempted that. But yeah, like on the 7800, so, even like once you got on, like, yeah, the music was good. The colors, the quality, you know, for a 70, for an Atari game, very well done, you know, within the capabilities of that. So that would be solid. And then I'll probably have to go with Choplifter, man. Choplifter, such a solid game. It's a game that I played with my mom all the time. You know, just it's it's one of those games which I would add to our games of playing list. Like if people haven't played it, because you're I, I forget that some of the like with the graphical limitations of the Atari, it's still done in a way sometimes on a game like Choplifter where it almost almost looks 3D, where you're flying and like the sprites in the back like the mountains in the back move slower than like the mountains yeah. up pa- close. So par- parallax, yeah. Parallax. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's... I, I When I picked it up, I was like, wow, this still looks cool. Like, I know it's Choplifter, but this is still cool. And it's still it's still fun to try to save all the hostages and get them back without getting blown up or accidentally landing on them and stuff like that. Like, it's still a fun mechanic to do. So, yeah, Choplifter, definitely for sure. Word. Every time I hear that game name, I don't think of her... I don't know, maybe... I think maybe actually it was on SMS and we played that super early on the SMS timeline. And I, mm. so I did play it then. So I think I vaguely remember a, 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 a chopper game where you had, where you actually had to rescue hostages. Cause what I think of every time I hear that name, I think of chopper command, which is an Activision title mm. on 2600. That is probably my second favorite behind river raid Atari 2600 game. It's fucking fantastic. And okay. that is it's essentially what heavy barrel is to jackal got it okay it, in that chopper command to this chop lifter i mean or, or ch- chop lifter right chop, chop lifter yeah chop lifter yeah. It, it, in that all you do in chopper command you're just seek and destroy there's uh, both helicopters and jet planes in the sky you got to shoot and then there are the whole well i guess actually no maybe this is why i like it so much come think but i guess there (laughs) is it's not exactly the same thing but there are trucks driving along the bottom and if you lose i think points if trucks get blown up by the helicopters or the planes above so you're trying to keep them all alive right by clearing the skies above them, you know? So you're not saving something, but you do have an objective beyond just killing things, you know? Which, like I said, it didn't even occur to me until as I'm describing this that that, that was involved in it, and maybe that's why I like it so much. But what I was going to say was Chop Lifter yeah, has the saving hostages component that makes it a much, obviously, cooler and, and, and diversified gameplay experience. So... Yeah, I mean, I think I remember the, the SMS one. I think I remember, I might even suggest it as a game app, come to think of it, because uh, I, I believe out of what is available, especially early on SMS, it, was, it wasn't too bad. So that's, uh, and that's the kind of game, like it's it's simple enough graphically mm-hmm. that the 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 SMS's ability that like, kind of like the 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 processing of the SMS and the colors and stuff were so much better than the NES, but they would bog themselves down sometimes so much hardware wise with like afterburn stuff that the the speed capability of the system would 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 get negated. But mm-hmm. Choplifter was simple enough that 
that didn't happen and like the speed and, and, and it was basically a good application of that system's hardware you know what i mean and, and it actually looked pretty good and played really well so i think it was, i think it was actually a pretty good game so, so yeah i kind of like that one um and, and out, out of the three you're talking about here that would probably be the one i'd have most of any or, or most willingness to give a whack at yeah i don't know how we talk about it for a long period of time <laughs> right, right, right exactly <laughs> right yeah got the hostages <laughs> into podcast <laughs> the, so yeah so my nominations would be donkey kong jr like i said i would love to play the 7800 version because i have so much love for the 2600 version and it looks pretty damn dope in those pictures those screenshots so i would love to play that and and and, and, and get the heightened experience of that uh that secret quest i would absolutely throw into this this conversation because it was you know it's on the 2600 and like you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about them before, man, but the 2600 has a bunch of, like, there's a bunch of games like that. Because this, this has always been to me, dude. Like, there are these games, the Sword Quest games, which I am I would think we've talked about it at some point or another. And, you know, maybe you have some familiarity with them. But there they're, they're were, they, it was, an, it was a, a big thing Atari did marketing-wise. They hired DC to make a, to, to, to write and make a comic for them. They did this huge contest where they gave away the, like, actual gold and like with diamond fucking and in, in, uh encrusted chalice and a sword and there was you know a crown i think and all these all this stuff they made as part of a fucking big contest they did because the the the, the comic books had little clues hidden in them that you would have to use in the game. It was just like a very complex for Atari 2600 game. Uh, there was the first one was Earthworld I think then Fireworld came out and Waterworld got to the um like beta testing um what do you call that not promo but what the fuck is it called where it's just like the 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 beta testing of something the thing it's not out yet uh yeah i'm fucking blank on the word uh yeah whatever they 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 worked on the development of water world the third one but it never it never was released so Uh, cause of the crash basically happened and, and this was like a, something they were dumping a bunch of money into. So this, whatever. But so, so I had these cards as kids and like, I even had the comic book, but even with the comic book without like, maybe I didn't, maybe there was a manual too that I needed that I didn't have. I don't, I don't know, but I couldn't, I had fire world as a kid and like, I couldn't even kind of fucking figure out the game is just like, it is fucking so opaque and like, just no clue what you're doing or trying to accomplish. And, but I was fascinated by that buy it and I would play it and I would fucking sit there and just aimlessly wander and like try to figure it out because the story world having the accompanying comic book and like that story world was so God, by, okay by, by comparison in the 2600 spectrum engrossing you know what I mean so you know yeah. I, was, I was I was into those Raiders of the Lost Ark is another one that you like I didn't understand how to work I didn't have the manual and you got to like do something on the second controller I never knew about to really do it right but I used to walk around and pick up the whip and pick up the things and fall into the pit and fucking get eaten by the snake and like all that shit was interesting to me because there were items so it was like a more complex almost rpgs game et everyone talks about but i kind of like oh my gosh and and like yeah i mean so like i've always been into that kind of game so this looked like a a, you know an actual an actually approachable (laughs) type of game (laughs) like that that uh, it might have been kind of fun again within the confines of, of this fucking landscape here. And then also, I, I like to, I would like to try Pete Rose's baseball just for the novelty of it. <laughs> so, nice. nice. Yeah. So, so those would have been my three. So, uh, so our game up on this won't be happening. That's our next game up. And then our next actual episode will, 
be back to our main timeline. Although, I, Jab and I have talked about potentially getting this last uh, Ultima episode done before then, too. But if that doesn't happen, then Game Pro 8 will be our the next episode in our legit canonical ISOH timeline. And... You can subscribe to the pod on the platform, provided whatever dumbass content is up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice, or any other for that matter. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook. You can link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist in the show notes. There's also the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down with us on, on Reddit. And we do not have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things that podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. Jay, you have socials. What are they? Gentleman JB without the second E, that's pretty much where you can find me. Feel free to group up with me on Outriders or Knockout City or anything like that on Xbox. Dope. And my Twitter is at Josh Fullen. My Instagram is my shift at my shift key is broke. And actually, I just decided to we're waiting on approval. Apparently, Instagram thinks my my the sign up pattern is suspect. They're doing they're doing some some sussing out of my request to <laughs> To, to create an IS, ISOH fucking Instagram. So that will be hopefully made available at some point today. I would think they said 24 hours. And uh, I, I found out I can basically post to both the Facebook page and the Instagram at the same time and not actually have to log into an Instagram account. So why the fuck not? And that will, if you prefer Instagram, and some people do, don't want to engage Facebook, but will engage Instagram as if they're not the same company. So I don't know what that's about. But... <laughs> If you prefer Instagram or Facebook, we're about to have a presence there, so you can check that out too. But my gamer tag is Two Minute Todd, and that's it. Okay, bye. Bye.